right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast, the final podcast, uh, final wrap-up, I guess, of the 2021-2022 PGA Tour season. Can't believe it's already over, just 47 events into the season. Solly here, we are uh, no one in the kill house tonight, all in separate locations. TC is calling in, uh, sounding great, sounding healthy from an undisclosed location. Hello, TC. Hey, Solly, I apologize to everybody in advance. I have a nasty, nasty sinus infection. That's gotten the best of me today. I'm up in New Jersey at Neil's in-laws place. Thank you to the Christuses for having me. No one gets hit hard like TC gets hit hard. It just the man, the man in illnesses. It's it's remarkable. I've seen it many times over the years. And calling in tour championship, the big money grab. His favorite event of the year is Big Randy. Hello, Big Randy. Guys, wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Solly, I need to know how many total minutes of recap podcasts we have done this season. Uh, I got so excited when they showed the total amount of shots taken for this PGA tour season. Love that stuff. I'm going to get, I'm sure somebody could calculate that for us. Somebody in the listenership will, will gladly send that over. First, before we get going here, a lot to talk about. May have a little special guest calling in here shortly. Um, no idea who that might be. I'm sure nobody's going to be able to guess that as well. But uh, what a, Hide the money, y'all. <laughs> it's not Rory. Don't get that excited. But uh, we're to give a shout out to our friends at Callaway. Uh, they are big supporters of us for many, many, many years, but also supporters in a lot of the content that we want to make. And one of the things that we wanted to make uh, was a series called Film Room this year, which they've been a proud sponsor of. And if you haven't seen the most recent episode of that, Neil did a hundred hole hike to raise a bunch of money for youth on course. Uh, we filmed it all in the heat of the Tennessee summer, and it is all on our YouTube channel for you to enjoy. Joy, uh, again, at the No Laying Up YouTube channel. It's fantastic content. Neil struggled with the putter. He tries to talk himself into, uh, you know, getting the putter back together. It does not. I'm just going to spoil that part of it. And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank Callaway uh, for their continued support uh, of the content that we want to make. So when you're shopping for clubs, uh, either this in the rest of this season or next season, keep them in mind and keep their support of a show that you listen to in mind. That's all that we ask for, and that's uh, that's all that they would ask for. CallawayGolf.com for more information and the No Laying Up YouTube channel for more information as well. All right, guys, listen, it, it, was, a, it was a long haul to get there, but I got to say – PGA Tour pulled it out again on a Sunday, entertaining content on a Sunday. The first, the Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of a lot of these playoff events have not been anything that you uh, need to mark on your calendar, but the Sundays have been good and the format worked. TC, I know you hate the format, but you got to say the format kind of works. Sunday was a banger. You got to give it to them. They shut <laughs> it down. They shut it down. No, I think even Saturday was decent to a, to a certain extent. Yeah, I you know, I would think... You know, I've, I've got some tour people stunting in my in my texts and in my replies. I think some of it is when you get the 30 best guys in the PGA Tour together, like I hope sometimes you're going to get a good finish and a good. So I think some of it is, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Like if you keep playing this tournament 20 times in a row at Eastlake, you're bound to get a, a couple of good finishes in there. Uh, but yeah, props to them. I don't want to take any shine off their moment. It was uh, crowds were crowds were loud today. The action was good. Big Randy, how exciting were how excited were you feeling any nerves coming down the back nine watching uh, Scheffler and Rory battle it out? 
Uh, no, I wasn't feeling any nerves, but it was fun. Like I, I'll echo everything TC said. It it was uh it it was nice to have two of the best in the game kind of going at it mono e mono. It wasn't quite a match play. I guess eighteen was a bit of a match play situation, but um, yeah, it it was uh it was a good day of golf. I have, you know, I think bigger picture when you zoom out. I, I have some some thoughts, and I don't agree with some stuff. But today, if if we're zooming in and and just focusing. On the finish today, it was it was great. It was uh, it was very interesting. It, it was obviously uh, nervy for the players, but as, as a fan, I I don't get that same sense of nerves watching a tour championship as I would a major championship. But uh, do you feel similarly, Solly? Is, is is that your experience, or or were you kind of sweating? That's totally fair, and I'm I'm along the same lines. I don't really actually care that much about you know the the I. I I, let me let me correct myself a little bit there. This year, more than most, I care a little bit about the money and the guys making the money, right? Because it has been such a huge storyline in professional golf this year about, obviously, with Liv, how much money everyone is making at Liv. But I think a day that the PGA Tour can point to and be like, hey, look also at how much money you're playing for here. Like if Scheffler would have won today, he might have made $50 million off the PGA Tour this year. Depending on how the pip shakes out, somewhere between 40 and $50 million he would have made. As I would say he was the best player on the PGA Tour this year. Um, and Rory was a tremendous, tremendous player. Didn't have the same results, same amount of wins, obviously not the, no major like Scheffler did, but just those were the two best golfers on the PGA tour this season. And it was ended up, you know, between those two battling out for the big cash prize and, and Rory got it just, he got Rory made, you know, $28 million this year on course, plus whatever he's going to get in the pip, which uh, again, there's a new calculation with that. It's not necessarily as much of a population contest. I have to think Rory's getting somewhere between eight and 15 million off that. Um, so all that to say like, Hey, you know, that this, this year was a little different. It, it wasn't as much of a snooze fest when it comes down to the money, but I, I totally agree. It's obviously nothing like what you're the reason why we really watch golf tournaments is for major championships and to feel the, uh, all the things that money can't buy, I guess. But it just felt like there was still like a little bit of an element of, I don't know, excitement to it. And I'm not exaggerating when I say, I think the commercial free back nine contributed greatly to that. It, they were able to layer in, the narrative and story and just keep the cameras on the guys as they walked. I'm not saying they were that nervous. Rory does not. There's no way Rory gets that nervous playing for an amount of money that is probably still a bit of a rounding error in his net worth. But it, uh, I don't know. It, it added a different level of entertainment that I couldn't, I couldn't take a bathroom break this afternoon. And I think that means something. You know what? For me, it kind of comes back to, I never really give a shit who wins the Super Bowl unless I like, unless I have like, you know, like I gave a shit last year because it was Bengals Rams. Right. But most years, like, I don't care who wins the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean anything to me. And so maybe this really is the Super Bowl of golf, you know, but like, I think as far as the money goes, you do want to see the right person win the money. Like, I like I, I think either the right person or a complete underdog. If it's just like Patrick Cantley walking home with. 18 million dollars like this like 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 why does he deserve that you know versus i think with everything that rory's had on his plate over the last six months or so it seems like this is a very nice bonus for him to get you know and it's like hey like you've had a lot on your plate you've had a lot on your mind you've been the de facto pga tour commissioner and you won the fedex cup this is your third one of these like hats off man Big shit there. Uh, and this may have sounded dramatic. I said this on Twitter, and I, it may sound dramatic as I say it again, but I think it is going to take 
some time for it to crystallize for golf fans how much of a burden Rory has carried this past year and how much he's likely responsible for saving the PGA Tour as we know it. I, I'm, again, not exaggerating when I say books are going to be written about this in, in the future, in the probably very near future of like all that's happened in terms of look at, and if you haven't seen it, look at Cameron Young's quotes after the round today about how the changes being made to the PGA Tour were a factor in his decision not to end up going to live. Like, who knows how many other players in that room that Rory prevented uh, from leaving and going and, and you know, even contributing to a bigger cascade effect of guys leaving. And on top of all that, to play as good a golf as he's played all year, be so close to the Open Championship, be runner-up at the Masters, and to played honestly, what, probably his best, like, complete season of golf from a strokes gain perspective. I know, Randy, you were getting ready to make that same point. That's, you're a big strokes gain guy. Like, that is it's, – it's just remarkable, and it's really hard to – Again, when the Netflix stuff comes out, I'm sure we're going to appreciate it a little more just to realize like, oh, on top of all that, he played all that really, really good golf. It's certainly like straight out of central casting or something that, you know, a writer's room in Hollywood would would conjure up with Rory taking home the ultimate prize, at least monetary prize, kind of the cherry on top of this effort to uh, to save the tour. So, uh yeah, I don't think, honestly, I don't think like Tour HQ uh, could have asked for any better storyline this week or result. Uh, I, I'm receiving word right now, Sally, we might have somebody joining Somebody us who just line. cashed a big check. Listen, I'm just going to say it right now. You got a year that you cannot complain about any bad bounces for a whole entire year. Will you agree to that, Max Homa? Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> That ball wrapped in the flag. Did you calculate how much money that saved you? I think like a million dollars. Is that a lot? (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Rub the green. Max, I I know you have won the Wells Fargo. We we need to be very judicious where all this money is going. Uh, Maybe we can take this offline. What kind of accounts we have set up here? I used to watch shows about like... People like going to the Cayman Islands or something. So I feel like you got to offshore some of this. Uh, invest some, invest some at the casino. Um, I don't know. I need to talk to, I need to talk to my people. What is it like to play for that much money? Is that the most money you've ever played for? I mean, I'm assuming the answer is yes, but is that, is that something you're thinking about coming down the stretch? Yeah. My month, my Monday skins games gets pretty high, but not quite, <laughs> not quite that. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I mean, you play that 15th hole, man. It's like, <laughs> you know, what's you know, what's on the line. It, it, it was straight up white knuckle coming in, uh, making birdie on 16 was awesome. But yeah, I mean, Joe joked that it was the most he's ever seen me look at a leaderboard. I was trying my, my hardest not to, but it's just, it's, it's impossible not to. What's your reaction to, uh, we just got done kind of talking about, uh, and I was being probably maybe, maybe a tad bit dramatic as far as the burden that Rory has carried. You can actually speak to that. I think a little bit without, I know, listen, I know guys in the room are not giving any details about that meeting, but uh, can you guys at least sh- shine a little light on like what the what kind of a burden Rory has carried this year and how that uh, how remarkable it is to to kind of come out on top on the golf course at the end of this tumultuous year? Yeah, I mean, even if you don't even want to call it a burden, just all the excess stuff he's been doing or thinking about or dealing with internally is a ton, and then <laughs> it's just a testament to how freaking good he is at golf, but. I don't know, man. It's like we, we, we try to do our best, everybody out here, to be as like 
have as little distraction as possible. <laughs> I feel like he's taken on a lot of it. <laughs> and then the guy goes out there. I played with him yesterday and was just the easiest golf you've ever watched. And just something about like the natural talent, like it's just, it's just shine through, but it's pretty, it's pretty amazing when you think about, you know, he's got like a whole other endeavor going on or multiple and the guy goes out <laughs> in the final week of the season and just does what Rory does. Max, what was your, uh, your tour championship, your debut at the tour championship. Like what do you think of East? Like what, what's it like only teeing it up against 30 guys, all that. I love the obviously experience being, you know, not a lot of people here. was pretty cool. Practice rounds go fast. Uh, the golf course is really fun, man. Uh, it was soft this week, but it's right out in front of you. And, you know, Joe had to kind of get recalibrated to the place. Cause he said there's certain holes we would, they would, they would use it three wood and still have a wedge and we're in like drive radar. Uh, so it was like a little bit different for everybody. Uh, but I thought it was awesome, man. The, the crowds were absolutely incredible. Yesterday was was bananas. Um, watching them come up 18 today was incredible. Uh, so I think like the city shows out. The golf course is, is really good. I feel like for a, a finale, um, you know, it, like I said, it's out in front of you. There's not a lot of tricks to it. And, you know, you got to <laughs> – I know I mentioned before, you got to get through that 15th hole unscathed, <laughs> which is a tall task. Um, so I, I'm – I get all the hype around this event and it was, it was really, I always wanted to make it here, but getting to be here and see, Hey bones. <laughs> bones Mackay, you ever heard of him? What's just a legend. See you bones. <laughs> and uh, just getting here is, is like the most special thing. But when you get to actually experience the rush of the event is pretty remarkable. Do you feel like the fifth best player on the PGA tour this year? I mean, I, are you, I, I, I say that as in, are you celebrating tonight like a win? Cause you just finished fifth on the season long PGA tour race. Like that's got to feel, uh, I would think feel just as validating as, uh, as your four PGA tour wins. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to celebrate quite as a win, but I was trying to win the stroke play portion of this thing. And I got pretty darn close. Yes, you did, Max. So yes, I almost you did. won the tour championship kind of, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to celebrate really proud of my season uh all jokes aside like this was this was beginning to end like very solid and i'm i feel like i grew up a lot and i feel like i got better and i feel like i came out this week and battled on thursday with all of my mental demons and came out friday a new person and i think i i, I think i'll look back on that thursday to friday change and and I think I'm going to really enjoy that going forward because that was fun. I, I haven't really had a ton of success in events with all the best players in the world there. I haven't played great at majors. Shout out to Randy. Uh, haven't played great in, in the playoff events too much. And then this week I went out there and I played the last three days and just trusted myself, which was fun, man. Cause I don't know if I was the fifth best player this year, but uh, I feel like at least this week and this weekend, I, I, I played like it, which was cool. Max, I appreciate you acknowledging the the major results. Um, I have big hopes for you next year and, and beyond. But on, on a serious note, I, I just, you know, a couple of things. First, I, I think back to, I think it was 2018 when you and I went and got those dumb straw hats in, uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. in Atlantic They're Beach. Cool. And, and, and you were celebrating just earning your PGA Tour card. And I got to see and experience firsthand what that meant to you and you know, fast forward four years and obviously you've collected wins on the PGA tour. You've, you've just finished fifth in the season long points race. Uh, just, just a, a heartfelt congratulations to you. Thank and it's you. been such a fun, 
experience uh, for myself, and I, I'm speaking for all of No Laying Up, just just watching this journey that you're on. So uh, that's Thank that's you. first of all, my you're welcome. My my question is, you're a big sports guy. I'm hearing, and I, I want to get your take on you know, the tour championship, we know it's not a major, it's never going to have that same feel as a major, but in terms of like what you think the players are experiencing, I mean, I, I don't know if it's fair to equate it to like a Super Bowl, but, but this was like, talk to me about like how big of a deal this is. Are guys nervous? Like what's, what's the energy around this event? I think they are. <laughs> I think, you know, you're upside, even though you can start 10 back and I know nobody's ever done that, whatever, but you'd still feel you have a chance on a great week to, I mean, we had, like, I was talking to Joe about it as we walked up 18. We had seven holes left, and I was like, if I finish in a flurry, like, you just never really know. I guess when you watch it on TV, and I kind of get people griping about it, that, oh, you know, the, you stagger them, and it gets people so far out and ahead or whatever. But again, I was especially nervous today coming down the, the back nine. And I don't know, man. I guess maybe you, you have to, like, experience it to understand it because I didn't really – fully grasp it until obviously this year and it, it is intense and then you start to think about like you know obviously there's a ton of money up for grouse but you start to think about like you you finish where you finish this week for the season as solly reference and like it, it whether i feel like i had the best, fifth best season i know i've been around the top 10 all year and it feels pretty damn good to, to finish this season in fifth because i felt like i had a great year and i felt like you do have to go out there the last week and earn it and the energy from the crowd out here in Atlanta was amazing. I mean, the franchise was even out here for a day or two. It was buzzing. And I think the crowd plus the golf course plus obviously what we know is at stake really heightens it. And I, I don't know. I was I was tremendously uh, impressed with the event and, and a little bit surprised just how meaningful it, it felt. I was just, I, I want to clarify. I, I, I stumbled the way I asked that question. I meant to say, does it, has it set in the ridiculous accomplishment that it is to, <laughs> to finish fifth? That's more of what I meant. No, I'll it take is, it. I'm, I'm it, is uh, it is a, a remarkable achievement. I know you said you only had uh, five minutes here and we're keeping you for, for close to 10. Max, I will say my dad, the franchise texted me on, on, thursday night and he was like hey i said hi to max out there today i was like fuck <laughs> like max didn't play very well what did he say so uh but one other thing that just stuck out to me this year you played in this is your 24th event of the year you missed only three cuts you had 14 top 25 finishes in 23 or 24 events that's or i, I guess this was your 15th top 25 so just that's crazy good man we're 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 on i have a i Again, all serious. I have a really awesome team. Obviously, Joe is the catalyst on my team, but it's been really cool just like learning this year and and taking a leap. And I don't know, man. It's <laughs> you like sit back and reflect on a season and you actually finally make it to the the last one. <laughs> it's I don't know, man. It just makes you feel very proud of everybody and everything that's gone on because it's a really, really long year. And um, this year finally didn't have that super lull month or two. And um, I guess, like I said, that, that I guess that maybe that adds the meaning to this event because it feels like you can kind of cap off a, a good season and make it great in just one week. And I think that's that's what makes this thing special, I think. Well, now we'll just hold our breaths and see maybe, just maybe, maybe you'll get up a captain's pick to the President's Cup. Uh, something tells me that, <laughs> my fingers that are you crossed, just my might. You just might. So we'll let you go, bud. Safe travels home and uh, look forward to, to watching you uh, in all likelihood compete here in the next month 
uh, for Team USA. That's pretty wild to think. So, but uh, thanks for calling in. Man. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Love you guys. Cheers. See you, Love Maxie. You Take care. Congrats. See y'all. Thank you. I know we're going to get wound up here as we go uh, and cover through the rest of the ve- this event, but I just got to point out the wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. I got two fantasy drafts tonight. That's why we especially got to wrap this thing. Two at the two? same time. Uh, in one night? At the same time tonight. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, that's the only time I got the schedule, man. There's too much golf on. God, Randy and I put our keepers in last oh, night. Oh, my God. We were grinding. Get ready night. for NFL Week 1 action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and to celebrate the return of football. DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. You just got to bet $5 on any football game, and you get $200 in free bets instantly. And if you want more action for opening night, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. I've not heard of this yet, guys. Get this. If you get up seven, you win. If you are if you bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team goes on to lose. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code NLU. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. They're not even challenging me with the legalese in the copy this week. I'm kind of disappointed. Love it. Sally, a couple things I'd like to unpack from Max's comments before we get fucking roasted by people. You know, Eastlake, I think the bones are there for a good golf course. I don't think it's particularly appealing on TV. Uh, I think it's very monotone. I'm excited to see what Andrew Green does with it. It sounds like he's going to do kind of an Inverness style thing, add a little bit of texture on top of the bunkers, spice up the greens a little bit. Uh, it's been recified, yeah. right? It's got osteoporosis. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think there's something to be said too of like this tournament feels different for fans versus players because I think it's yeah. it's super fair to say where if the PGA Tour like getting to the tour championship is the currency of the year, right? It's, it's how they bonus, like it's what the entire bonus structure is based off of. It's how you get into the majors for next year. It's, you know, basically guaranteeing your card. Now it's going to be, I think a two year exemption, all of that. So I think for the players, like they've done a good job of, of, you know, kind of incentivizing them around this tournament and the tournament means something to them. Now, do I think it means something to the fans because of that? That's where the disconnect is, right? So I don't know. That was just kind of the the point I wanted to make of like, I just, it, it just never really, it just always feels like a little bit of an afterthought. It never really feels fully fleshed out. Like, and I, you know, we can talk about how you fix it and whatnot, but like, like to me, it's like this, this tournament should feel like the players, right? Like you Which should feel question. Like- do you think we'll feel differently when the season is January to August? And this is the final event of the true season. Like, do you think it's burnout a little bit? Like, I think that contributes to it. I think I don't think, I don't think it's going to hurt, like, moving to a, a calendar. Well, I year, think it right? just is like, I, I, again, it's such a long season and the points are so weird. I think, it, it, you know, if it's an eight-month season and it ends with one player being the best, I have a feeling that we'll have maybe a little more appreciation for it. Because I feel the same way. And, I, I, again, I think this the playoffs are, again, like many things in professional golf, not designed with the fans' best intentions, you know, or, or, you know, necessarily for the fans. It's a distribution of money to the players, right? And there is some entertainment that comes with it. I think overall, this tournament has been, has delivered a lot of really cool moments at the end. I 
couple total total stinkers yes but that you're just going to have that with a 30 person tournament i think it's just uh, less likely that you're going to end up with a with a great finish and i mean solly i'll push back a little bit there they're like what are the like other than tiger i would put this year up there i think one of the years that xander won was pretty good the bill haas out of the water year like those are like really the only years i can even i mean how many years have they had this tournament at east like now 20 Two, Rory 16, you know, when he hold the shot on the 16th hole and then wins in the playoff, yeah. that was good speed. I mean, speed winning was not, you know, that necessarily that exciting, but I don't know. It, there, there's, there, are, there are some moments with it. Um, I don't know. It, it's not, it's not great. I, 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 I am actually ready to say though, that I'm in on the format, at least compared to the old one. I don't think it's the only option for yeah. it, but I do since. It's it, yeah. It's better than doing a bunch of math. Like they they day, replayed a little right? bit of the 2018 Tour Championship when Tiger won up there, and they listed out all the scenarios that Tiger would win the FedEx Cup with in with a win, and it, it's six different guys had to finish worse than a certain amount. And look, I know like 98 percent <laughs> of Steve Sands's job was like revolved around being able to do that whiteboard, uh, which only that man was is capable of doing, and uh, that was that was entertainment. But like this is this is better. I think it, this this handicap gave us cleaner we knew exactly what everyone was playing for i do wonder if they can do two trophies at two tournaments at once can you do a gross and a net right can you do both simultaneously is there a way to do that on a scoreboard that i think could be interesting right if you're playing for the actual tournament this week and the fedex cup simultaneously while that you know basically it's like the old system except with handicap scoring instead of points based like i wonder about that I mean, Solly, I was trying today. I was trying all weekend to, to tabulate that because all my bets this week were, were you know, on winner without strokes. And, like, there's, I couldn't find a single gross scoreboard on the entire internet. It, it was crazy. Wild. And, you know, Max Max finished one, I think, I, I think one behind Sungjae on that front, which, what a, what a way to cap it. Well, I will that say, I, I don't know if this would have helped during the round, maybe after each round, but at least on the PGA Tour, you can sort it by just strokes, raw strokes. I've got it if you want it. It was Rory at 17, Sungjae at 16, Max at 15, JT at 14, Hoagie at 13, Xander, Aaron Wise, Sepp Straka at 12. Sepp Straka made a lot of money this week. Uh, Hideki, Joaquin, Poston, and Finau at 11, and then Scheffler at 10 under. So I, I do think that there's something too, like, hey, dude, like you want to go win 18 million bucks, like starting on Sunday night at the BMW, you're sleeping on the lead. Like, here you go. Like, go ahead and hold it. And Scotty had a six shot lead going into the final round and it was gone in like six or seven holes. Like, I don't care. It's It's got to be a totally different pressure. It's not bigger. It's not more important than the majors, but it's got to be a totally different pressure just to know like you're playing for a steaming hot pile of enormous cash and like scotty did played like a dude that was not nervous but like he he was not right for for all day saturday and then everything after the finish this morning he was not near not the same golfer we've seen all season what happened on 18 with the bunker was he like he was complaining about something i couldn't like i was on mute so i couldn't hear it like what did he was just not happy. I don't know if it was, but is there a I, I mean, bad Max kind or? of thinned one out of that bunker too. I don't know. Or he was in a different bunker, but I'm wondering if they just didn't have, you know, good sand in in that bunker or enough sand in that, and he, he caught it a little thin or, or whatnot. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I if I just lost a, a chance at you know a difference of eleven and a half million, I might have been a little a little pissy too. <laughs> yeah, but definitely uh, uncharacteristic from Scotty. You know, all like like really all weekend off yeah. the tee especially. Too. like just spraying it both ways 
I will say a lot of mashing the rough down behind the ball from Scotty this weekend. TC, this is a problem, isn't it? This is it's a problem. It's I've talked to some guys out on tour. They've alerted me to it. So this isn't coming from like the twisted mind of TC. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just the messenger here. There was a bad one on a greenside chip that like they zoomed in on like where he had clearly laid his club down behind the rough. And I don't technically know what the rule is. And I know like he's not the only one that lays his club down in the rough, but it does seem like he's given a little extra mat or it was, uh, it was once it was pointed out, it was kind of like, a, huh? Oh yeah. That, that, that looks a little, that doesn't look quite right. And I know he's done it with, you know, he's pulled, fairway wood before and then gone to like a mid iron before too so uh you know i'll we'll just leave that there i'm just saying i'm just saying sean i wanted to pick up before we we can go in the leaderboard or whatever else but i i think what you you said earlier about just from a fan's perspective like the money that these guys are playing for it's just not something i care about and i i think solly to your point earlier in the show like this year with all that's going on with live and you know that it, it it almost like weirdly i didn't mind it this year but it's just like looking into the future like we got to figure out another way to hook the fan into this because i i just find it like i don't the word that just kept popping into my mind is like it's just gauche right to like with, with the broadcast you know, well, this guy's winning another four million, and this guy's winning another five million, and and twelve million over here, and it's just, I I don't know. I I was texting some non NLU folks this week, actually unsolicited, would be like, dude, I don't like, I why do they think I care about these guys like making extra millions of dollars? And, and I think that's a really good point, and I'm not exactly sure what the answer is, but like, PJ Tour, you you, you got to look around and read the room, like people like really don't care about these guys like what they make uh which we we want to see good golf we want to see compelling golf but it's not like oh my god he won 10 million more that's awesome yeah like i it just falls so flat for me which i will say like we've in the past on the same podcast we've said hey they should wheel the money out and because that was also like the flip side is it's about this fedex cup trophy it's a it's about a trophy named (laughs) after a a logistics company, right? right. Which, right. like, I would get excited about that because I'm all about logistics. But you know, like, in in FedEx, just just like re up for another ten years. So it's like, I think I think the answer comes down to rivalries, right? And more, like, you know, these guys playing against each other more often, and more rivalries and more character being built throughout the season to where it does culminate in something. It's not just some, like, right now it just feels bolted on to the end of the season after the majors, right? And- yeah, that's what I, I mean. I was kind of trying to think through like, okay, what what do I like care about when I tune into golf? And like the best I could come up with was, you know, for, for me at least, I, I think there are maybe four factors where maybe it's a super interesting course, which, you know, East Lake does not check that box for me. You know, it, it's the historical nature of something, which again, like FedEx Cup Tour Championship just doesn't really do it. You know, our guys playing interesting shots and shot shapes and i think you know we've beat this to death with the equipment like it's just to me pro golf isn't really about that a lot and so then like the last one i identified was was what you just said like interesting personalities and that's where you know i think the the way they've class acted us to death and beat the beat us over the head with that like i I hope they realize like 
not that we have to make it pro wrestling necessarily, but like, let's, let's develop some rivalries. Let's lean into, you know, guys going after each other, even if it's like in a, in a friendly spirit, but I like, those are the four boxes. And, and oftentimes, and and especially this week, it's man, it's tough to even check one of those sometimes. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and defend this, uh, the, uh, the honor of the FedEx cup. Like I'm just, I'm just not going to be that guy. I think honestly for our DraftKings pools next year, the loser, like whoever loses finishes last should have to buy a FedEx cup hoodie. They sell FedEx cup gear on the PJ tour website, you have to buy a hoodie and you have to wear it in every video for the next year. I think that could be uh, a little twist for next year anyways, but I, I don't disagree with anything you said other than I think they've done a better job of, if they're going to pay out this much money at the end, you got to talk about it. And for uh, the first couple years of this, they kind of avoided talking about it, but I will say they, what they've backed into is they cared more about who finished fourth, who finished fifth, who finished in other places this week than they do any other week. And by by nature, golf fans are programmed to think whoever wins is the only thing that matters, right? When in reality, a fourth-place finish is worth a hell of a lot more than an eighth-place finish when it comes to getting to Eastlake, getting in the majors next year, getting a two-year exemption, being out on tour, working working your way up to whatever we're you know interested in following. Like That's kind of a, a question we've all had to ask ourselves about pro golf is like, what are, what is the point of, of following it or being interested in it? And so that being said, like I, I think they, I've been a long been a fan of like, hey, when they're putting for something on the 18th green, give me an idea of how much money is about to swing with this putt. If it's 400 grand, that's kind Context. of that's interesting to yeah. people, right? Like I get this at this end of a tournament, it is kind of shoved down our throats for how much money they're playing for, and it is kind of just gross. But like, also when somebody's putting on 18 and they just made a 150 thousand dollar putt, I think people are decently interested in that. But that that's always, but that's always how. Pro golf has been. It used to be winning the money list was like a huge, huge honor. Like that was the championship, basically. And uh, I don't disagree that it's gauche, but I, you know, this is a huge element of pro golf. And I don't know if they're just like pretending like this trophy means that much. That wouldn't really sell in my book. Well, it's something too where like if there's, you know, like half the year they talk about FedEx Cup points. What are FedEx Cup points? Just, it's just money, yeah. right? It's just, yeah, it's just you know. And so I, I think it's one of those things where. You know, it's context, right? It, it lends context. It's what these guys are incentivized on. Might as well talk about it a little bit. I, I think, you know, talking about the money is probably you have to do that just because if you don't, then it's like, well, shit, then what are we going to talk about? You know, it's almost like uh, the last resort there. I think, I, I don't know. I And maybe I'm in the opinion. I'd, I'd be really curious, but the the money certainly isn't like, that interesting to me and i know everybody talks about how they could change it i i just wish we could maybe stroke play down to like a final four and then have a match play or something i it just feels yeah. more proper to like crown a champion through match play than like metal play i totally agree i mean even just looking at like the usam last weekend of like yeah you're, yeah. you're gonna get some weird shit happen especially if you're on a cool kind of interesting golf course where quirky shit tends to happen. And that's where I'm left is like in the absence of all this other stuff, you have to talk about what the competition means. Right. And if the competition doesn't mean anything, then, then you're left with not a whole lot. Like it says something that like I'm from Atlanta. This is like, I've been to this tournament four or five, six times in the last five years. I haven't had one, one inkling or like one little motivation to go to this tournament. Like I've, I've never thought for a second, you know what? I should go visit my parents this weekend. This, 
you know, and it's like, like, I feel bad saying that. And I hope that, you know, it seems like the tour recognize it and they're trying to give more juice to it. And it seemed like the fans in Atlanta came out and supported it and were pretty loud this weekend, more so than in years past other than tiger. So I think there's, you know, it definitely seems like they're on the right track to a certain extent, but, but it's just like, for me, it's like, no, like I don't want to shit on Atlanta, but at the same time, it's like, this isn't a tournament that has interested me at all in the last five or six years. Yeah. And I'm not going to, the venue I think works for me, better, maybe more than it works for you guys. That's, and that's, you know, that's just personal taste, I guess. It's not great, but it's not terrible. I put it kind of middle of the road when it comes to PJ Tour events. I, I think the flipping of the nines helped a ton. Um, I think it's way better back nine for TV. Um, and, and they're starting to build up some kind of history and memories on these holes and how they've kind of played into FedEx Cup history. Or, God, I can't believe I just said that. But Tour Championship history. Uh, you know, it, it, so that works. And, and again, I think, if we're talking about how much reshaping there's going to be to the PGA tour, and we're going to talk some about that, I'm sure try the match play for a year. Like let's try it. Right. We tried a fucking handicapped golf tournament to hand out $75 million. Like we can also try match play, like tried and true tested, like way of crowning a champion for many, many years that is golf has gone away from for TV purposes. But like, I can't imagine that ratings would be worse for, you know, you know, play, you know, stagger it based on your FedEx Cup finish or rank coming into it where Scotty Scheffler gets two buys and a bunch of other guys get one buy or something like that. And they play for, you know, and, and maybe Scotty can't felt fall below 10th place or something like that. That would be more interesting than this. Um, so I do think there's a room for improvement in the format, but there's got to be also a reason why they haven't gone to uh, to match play. Well, I feel like with match play, it's kind of, um, all right, it's going to be more of a closed system here in the future if they go to this 60 or 70 or 80 guys or however many are kind of in this top level. So as it is, so there's going to be less interlopers there. Then you go through three rounds of the playoff or, you know, two previous rounds of the playoffs. Then you go through whatever, you know, however they see this, if they do stroke play into match play, it's like at that point, I would hope that the top four guys, it's like, you know what? Like if you do have an underdog, that's almost more interesting at that point versus just the random 64th ranked guy in the world getting in and beating tiger in the first round. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, sure enough, like Kevin Sutherland and, and Mike Weir and Tom Pernice are squaring off, you know, it's like, that's not going to happen. And I think when we talk about trying to build history and rivalries, like match play to me lends itself way better to that than tournament metal play. Right. Like it, it could be like, Oh, well, you know, Rory's beaten, can't lay three times at at east lake you know or it, it just I, I feel like stuff can get much more it can almost we can turn it into a team sport right or, or what we love about team sports the the head-to-head -head and and the the history and you know um the storylines that that come from that i i feel like match play lends itself so much better than than the standard metal play i also just think i don't know maybe it's just me but like moving this thing around um, the one that I can't get out of my head is Chambers Bay or just something on the West coast where like, if you concluded this in prime time before football starts, when there's, there's not a whole lot going on in sports world this week, uh, you know, there's like preseason NFL on basically this afternoon. And like, that's it. It's like, dude, like they'll make this a, a spectacle on Sunday or Monday night. Well, and I know? think there's a, a balance to be had too. And where, where golf is not like any other sport, like if Sepp Straka would have won this week, like it would have felt 
not right. You know, it's not like a Cinderella story in basketball, NCAA basketball, making a run through the bracket. Like this, I, I don't know. I feel differently about, I feel like I feel better about a season long champion being crowned, being somebody that just like had a great season. Right. That's why I think I'm okay with the, the starting strokes is like, Hey, we got to figure out a way that, that Scotty should have a chance unless he totally shits the bed. He should have a chance to win this whole thing based on the season he's had. And I don't know. So it, it, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on on how on how they can handle it. I don't think there's an easy answer. I will say there seems to be there's history with the event, history with the venue, and I don't know a ton about all the things that like Southern Company and the the related sponsors have done foundation wise. But it seems to be one of the strongest and one of the biggest impacts on the local community there around there. They, they, the scholarship that they talked about, and I don't have all the information in front of me. It seems to be like uh, something that just kind of hard. It, it speaks to like. It's easy to, for us to sit here and say, change the venue, change the venue, and we will do that about a lot of golf courses. Don't get me wrong. And it, you look at it and say, like, oh, well, also, like, other, there's other stakeholders to this that, uh, you know, are, are more – their lives are way more vastly impact than my uh, entertainment value on television as well. So I was just going to say Coca-Cola, Southern Company, like, good on them. I think Southern Company just, just re-upped through 27 or 28. The place is almost – like unrecognizable or it really is unrecognizable the whole neighborhood comparatively to when they started this and some of that's just due to you know socioeconomic and, and geographic stuff in atlanta as far as people moving back into the city but to a certain extent it's like i think they've done they've done great stuff i don't think that stuff's necessarily going away if they move the tournament though either you know the, like the club is on solid footing it was basically you know, on the verge of like abandonment when they came in in the in the early to mid nineties. I I think other sports, you know, if if golf kind of wants to emulate other sports, right? How they move all star games from city to city, and you know, shit, the Super Bowl goes from city to city. Even the NFL draft, right? Forever in one place is now being taken all around the country. I I think I don't know. I think that would be cool, like. Oh my God, they're going to announce where the next tour championship is. I, I feel like that would be a, a good thing for the PGA Tour. Yep. I, I, I do not uh, do not disagree. I don't have an easy answer to that. I want to. I, I don't know what other notes you guys have for this week. I just want to say the first tee announcer at Eastlake is an artist. Like the man is just in total control of the situation. <laughs> He's not making doing a performance of any kind. He's just cool, collected. He's just. And now on the tee, the 2015 FedEx Cup champion, Jordan Spieth, just is a, a, a totally different vibe than any other first tee announcer in golf. And I couldn't find a way to get that out on Twitter that made any sense. And I just got to say, shout out to that guy. I they, they made a point to go down to him on the microphone with every guy they announced, and it added a little bit to the tournament. So, you know, I like first tee starters. Can we go down the leaderboard a bit? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's the tour championship. Like it's you know it's you, you got to recognize there's, somebody. We can only do twenty nine of them, Solly. So <laughs> we know there's a a hard limit here. I mean, we haven't talked Sungjae yet. He finished T two. Yeah, it'd be, we'd be hard pressed not to mention Sungjae made five point seven five million dollars in uh, FedEx Cup bonuses uh, this week and was second in uh, low gross this week. So I think I said in tw- I did say in twenty nineteen I was like Sungjae might make fifty million dollars on the PGA Tour and it kind of felt like an exaggeration at the time and now it's like dude he might make like two hundred and fifty million dollars with the way things are trending now. He played he, he's they say he's played fifty two more rounds on the PGA Tour this year than any other player on the tour. So, like, you know what? You want to know why he wasn't invited to the meeting last week? They didn't have to convince him to play every event because he's already <laughs> going to play every event. He's the big sample size. I thought Xander was a disappointment this weekend. Big time. 
70 69 i threw the curse on him by saying he's going to make 80 million dollars at east lake over the uh course of his career which i still might stand by like there's a very good chance that east lake is worth close to nine figures for him for how well he plays that course and how much he leaps up fedex cup leaderboards and makes money uh uh off this event but yeah he he kind of i don't know fourth place for the season's a bit of a stinker if you want to call it but yeah you're right um JT has not finished worse than seventh in the FedEx Cup since 2017. He finishes uh, T5 this year. It's actually a pretty poor finish for him. Uh, and he's tied with our good friend Max, $2.75 million how, payout there. How, how would you um, – this is putting you on the spot, both of you, but how would if we had to maybe assign a grade to J, JT's season, would uh, obviously won the major, so maybe that just blanket A there. But I guess since then – I, what do you make about totality 2021 22 for for JT it, not as peak seasons i mean i think 2017 2018 and 2020 were like his best seasons of of golf if you just go look at like strokes gain and whatnot but it was a better year than he had last year overall and just i mean his his performance is remarkably consistent i'll just read them off since 2017 his strokes gain uh, year by year 2.22 So he's been between 1.84 and 2.27 for each year going back to 2017. That's just a remarkably consistent player. But uh, 13 top 20s, 7 top 5s, 1 win. Uh, that pretty well correlated with, uh, with a lot of his other seasons. I'm, I'm blown away by the consistency when you pull up his data golf chart. I mean, it just looks pretty much the same year every year. Does he have another gear? I guess that's what I'm most, that's one of the things I'm like most curious about with the, with pro golf is like, I, I just keep expecting JT to have, uh, uh, a breakout, breakout, breakout instead of just like, ah, he'll nab a major here and then nab a major there and be like super, he's very good and, and super consistent. Uh, I, I just can't, I, I can't pin him. He's, he's very interesting to me. I think, I mean, I would qualify 2017 when he won five times in a major as the breakout, but he has not put together a season that looks like that since then. He won three times in 18 and three times in 20, which are really, really, really stellar seasons. And he won a FedEx Cup in there. Which, oh, man, I'm riding for the FedEx Cup in this episode. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I agree. And I think it's kind of putting. I mean, his putting overall this year was just pretty neutral. I mean, he's been a pretty neutral putter really since 2019. And, uh, I think it just prevents him. He, he leads to a lot of top tens, a lot of really good finishes, but it prevents uh, having a lot of wins. You got to have the super hot putting weeks to rack up wins on PJ Tour, and he has not put them all together uh, for four rounds. Guys, T seven for Cantlay. Is Cantlay going to go into the off season just pouty and bitchy and asking for more money? <laughs> I, I <laughs> hope could, so. Who could say? Another one point seven five for him, uh, tying Sepp Straka there for for seventh place, but. Uh, yeah, Finau, Hoagie, and then Neiman and Hideki. Hoagie. The oh, dream was alive. 66, yeah. 66, 66. Thought he had another 66 in every day. Shot 69. So, bum there. So, I mean, I remember earlier this season, you you talking about, like, how good Tom Hoagie was playing. And, um, man, to, to finish kind of 10th in the season-long list, that's – Phenomenal. And I thought with the tie for seventh, you were going to mention Sepp Straka. That's a guy legitimately I would have bet like, oh, no, he's off the PGA Tour rather than finishing inside the top 10 in a, in a FedEx. Sepp Straka hadn't made a cut since like. I know. May, I don't think, until until the 
the the Memphis event. I mean, I can remember he was in our FredX draft, and like I don't think anybody really wanted him. You know, he did win the Honda earlier this year, but I also must say, Step Step strokes gained for the entire year. 0.07. 0.07. He was essentially an average player on the PGA Tour for the year and finished eighth in the FedEx Cup. Timing, Got hot at the baby. right time. Seventh Timing. in the FedEx Cup. Got hot at the yeah. right time. I got to give a shout out to JT Poston. T15 for the Tour Championship. Four rounds in the 60s this week. What a career he's building for a dude that hits just a high floaty ball, puts the shit out of it. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I respect the hell out of somebody who maximizes every last ounce of their talent and ability and just has, you know, like you go out and you watch JT play against a lot of these other guys and you're like, this guy's not even in the same class. And I don't mean that as a, as a knock on JT. It's just like, you know, he's like, he looks just like a different kind of golfer and yet here he is and he's, he's punching above his weight and he continues to, and it's like, he's settled into that top, Top 60, top 70 on the PGA Tour. And it's fucking impressive. Two-year exemption now as well. Yeah. You know, going with the uh, uh, the new criteria that they've Can set he stack here. that with the with the win it as well? It does not stack. It does not okay. stack. That criteria does not stack, <laughs> I don't believe. It's so. like discounts on Shopify. You, <laughs> you can't cannot, stack them. You cannot so. use two discount codes at checkout. Only one discount code when you renew your PGA Tour uh, membership. I think after Friday, it looked like Rom was going to make a little bit of a run. Shot 63 and then... Petered out on the weekend, 71-71. Another just a weird year for Rom as well. How do you assess that, Sally? Listen, we we all said it at the end of last year. It was like this what he, the golf he was playing was unsustainable. And uh he, you know, regressed a little bit. Listen, he just had another kid. Um, you know, he's probably overdosed on perspective a little bit in the last couple of years, but he he did not putt it nearly as well this past year. And uh, you know, despite his complete and total shock at every putt that he missed. Uh, you know, it just never really, never really turned around. And, uh, I don't know. He still hit the shit out of the ball. Like his numbers still look really good, but just did not rack up the finishes. I mean, he had eight top fives last year. He only had four this year. He had 18 top twenties last year. Only had 11 this year. Uh, funny enough, had the same amount of wins. He won the U S open last year and he won the Mexican open, uh, at Vidanta, uh, national open, baby. But still drives the shit out of it. You know, hits his iron solid. He just, you know, hasn't necessarily racked up the same uh, amount of birdies as, uh, or the same, you know, not holding as many putts as he did in 19 and 20 and things like that. So we'll see. I still think Rom's going to, he's just going to be, he's the buoy. Like, you can't sink him. He'll be back. I think he'll have a stronger 23 uh, than he had in 22. So I agree. I agree. I, Weird year for Morikawa as well. Yeah. Disappointing, I, I, I think. Very disappointing if i may say so on the morikawa note can i just say it it's still like his his overall numbers and i'm boring people to death with this uh, with every guy we talk about but like very much in line with what he's produced in other seasons he just had the amazingly hot weeks at the right time the hot putters the hot ball striking at the exact time you wanted it in previous years and he those weeks did not line up this year but like his off the tee numbers almost the exact same as last year approach play slight regression this was his best putting year on tour to date and uh he had zero wins this past year so he, he had Tolly, is there like a, a a factor or like something that you can do with the strokes gain numbers to to isolate like variants to where like he's yes. more consistent here or there or or he had he had a better on the whole putting year but he was higher variance there is a tool on the data golf website uh, and I don't remember what it's called, but they would actually show like 
kind of like a little bar for each player as to like where your variance lies. And I think they did that. Okay. They put that together because of Morikawa, because of like how much like he can have just to be a total heat up week on the greens. And basically it's like, like winning comes from variance on the, on tour. Like that's why Finau yeah. for a long time had not won. Like he was just really consistent, but didn't have the high variance weeks. So it's not a knock and on he, him. Just and he choked see. a lot too. Yeah, I think it was bad luck mostly, but guys, I, I got, I got something important. We, we got to talk about, <laughs> Oh God. Uh, T15, Victor Hovland. Uh, Victor, yeah. I, I, I love Victor. I love Victor. Would love to hang with him off the course. 2023 is a very important season for Victor because he has not won on U.S. soil. His record in the majors outside of the, the British Open this year where he kind of went away in the final round is not good. Uh I, I got to start. I'm 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 the training my crosshairs. In. Yeah, I'm training my crosshairs on Victor starting next year. It's we we he's got to start showing me a little bit more. Are you putting him in life support, or are you just putting him in like, hey, we're you know you're gonna have to come in for a couple follow up appointments. We're doing some tests. Yes, we've we've seen some concerning things in your blood test. Uh, we we need to monitor this. So we're, we're gonna need to have regular checkups while we try to get a hold of what's going on here. Big, I agree. I agree. It's, I. It's yeah. hard to it's it, like literally just look at the numbers. He is minus 0.47 around the greens. And if he is just average around the greens, he like he'd be a better player than JT. Like the numbers would say like it, it's really, really bad around the greens and hits a great good approach play really good putter. And uh, I guess he's just got to hit more greens because at this point, I don't think the short game's going to improve. He should go cross handed like Fitz. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, guys, I just I got such a kick out of it today. Cam Smith, and this is kind of a segue, I guess, for us. Cam Smith playing with the sheriff, the town crier, <laughs> Billy Horschel, at his last last what PGA Tour off. event. Are we ready to talk about that? Yeah, Are we ready to move it. on to this topic. Before we do that, listen, there's a lot of great golf being played at the Tour Championship this week. I don't know how much great golf is played in, in, over on the live. It's hard. To, it's hard. To, we can't evaluate that. It's really hard to, to grasp that, but. Uh, speaking of which, you can play your best golf with the Rap Sobel Mobile Launch Monitor. That wasn't my best transition, but we're, we're going to work through it. The number one rated personal launch monitor on the market today. It features incredibly precise measurements, remarkable accuracy, data-rich visuals, and new performance combines. The Mobile Launch Monitor is the launch monitor to help the grinders, the range rats, and the golf junkies get better by delivering more insights and structure to every practice session, just like Big Randy's been telling me every week, because I know he is this yep. exact guy. Randy, Randy, do Doing a combine would be awesome. Listen to this. We it pairs those numbers big. It, it pairs Doppler <laughs> radar with an iPhone or oh, iPad camera. Repsoto mobile launch monitor ensures that every golf ball is tracked and incredibly accurate. Also gives you shot tracing for every swing. Visually charts each shot for a better understanding of consistency, accuracy, and length. Pro level data and metrics provide measurable and actionable feedback to make practice sessions smarter, more structured, and more focused towards improvement. These performance combines, the tools now available for the premium subscribers. It's a 24-shot test at two targets and a driver to identify the golfer's biggest weaknesses so they know what what parts of their game need the most work. So you can go to rapsoto.com slash NLU. Use promo code NLU for $100 off the mobile launch monitor right now. Rapsoto is also offering a $30 off bundle discount for the mobile launch monitor and their premium subscription. So NLU listeners have the opportunity to save over $130 total with the purchase of the bundle package. They are letting you stack the discounts. Uh, so stop wasting time on the range with the ineffective practice that doesn't lead to improvement get a rap soto mobile launch monitor get a plan for lower scores rapsoto.com slash nlu promo code nlu 
guys, before we segue, I'm sorry. I just got a shout out Scott Stallings. I I was so happy he got into the tour championship. I think he's an awesome guy. And uh his record like seriously, he hasn't won on the tour since 2014. He's 37 years old. He guys, he hasn't made a cut in a major since 2013. It, it's just, you know, when we talk about like what this tournament is can like change people like what a awesome week and what an awesome season for Scott. what a season so, i know i i just i just had to shout shout him out he had some stuff uh we shouted him out last week too but like he had some stuff on uh insta where like he, he just couldn't hit a fairway this week <laughs> he was laying in bed this morning or last night like putting it on insta he's like yeah i've hit like 19 percent of my fairways this week that's just not gonna get it done <laughs> so sorry one last question for you as far as rory goes like what what do his numbers look like from this season? Are they demonstrably better than previous years? Or That's kind any- of what I was trying to scream, you know, after the after the British Open was like, dude, Rory has played really freaking great golf this year. 2.47 strokes gain, which is his uh, basically t- essentially tied with his best season ever. Tied with 2014, essentially tied with 2019 as well. I mean, he was a really, really good putter this year. His best putting season ever on tour was incredible off the tee. His iron play was good, good around the greens. He was, uh, that's some of the best golf I think we've ever seen from Rory this year. It only, it only resulted in, uh, I guess two, he won the Canadian open. I guess he won the CJ cup in this season as well. And then also wins, you know, the tour championship this week. Um, but yeah, he did not win the major of course, but as far as Playing good golf from the beginning to the end of the season, that is about as good as we've seen from Rory McIlroy. And I, I think that uh, I think that means something. Does that mean anything to you, Big? Well, it's, you know, good on him. He makes a lot of money. People are tweeting at me asking, you know, does this make Rory undead? Like, no, it's just about the majors. You, you got to win a major. Um, but hats off to him. Like you said, great year, uh, seemingly on the uptick. Could be in store for a, a huge year next year, which would be um, great for the tour. I was a little bit concerned when he came out and bogeyed the first hole today. Like, you know, dumped it short right after middle of the fairway, 160 yards. I was like, oh shit, here we go again. But it felt like he he kept it tied together down the stretch a little bit more. That put on 16, obviously. Massive he got some difference breaks. maker. He got some yeah. breaks. Let's acknowledge that. He we hadn't he even was side stopping. The, yeah, he, on he hit a fan with a bladed wedge out of the bunker with it. He club twirled on. It stopped his ball over the green. And then he hit the pin with the chip coming back that stopped it within eight feet. He makes the putt and then, yeah, banks it off the backboard uh, left of the green on 18. Um, which, yeah, I mean, everyone's, oh, you'd be shredding if it was somebody else that did it. It's like... This is a reality of pro golf here. Like we've we've come to terms with the fact that this is going to be a thing that guys do. It's dangerous. It's crazy still that it. This is uh you know how it works. I still think if you leave the stadium, if you hit it into the bleachers, it should be ob. Uh, but they have not changed that. And uh, yeah, Rory got some three great breaks in the last three holes to win by one, and that's usually how it ends up happening. Sean Martin tweets at Rory, who started the week six back of Scheffler, was asked why he excels as a chaser, and he said. Because out of everyone in the field, I care the least about the money. That's okay. true. You're flexing because you got a lot of money. I got it. But... Yeah, I got it. If I'm playing, cool, man. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely stunting on people. All right, to the fun part of the show, the weekly live segment. Uh, the, the narrative will shift back again tomorrow. At least, I don't know. A lot of people were pumping this out there that, you know, the narrative's changing back to, to live, gaining a bunch of momentum with tomorrow's announcements. 
I don't well, see that's it factored in already. I was going right? to say, I don't see it that way. I mean, Cam, that, that news is basically we knew since the British Open that this was happening. For what we know, Leishman, Tringale, and Varner also going. Which Tringale, God, oh, that's the good stuff. Sad we to can see him go. Handle this one by one. I mean, yeah, let's just go one by one. Let's start with Cam. Again, we knew this. It sucks. Cam Smith, Cam not Smith, Cam Tringale. Or yeah. Cam Young, yes. <laughs> we knew this. It sucks a ton. He's 29 years old. He's the Open champion. He's the player's champion. He's ascending. He is on the rise. He has five years of major exemptions. Doesn't seem to me like he loves money that much or you know hates the PGA Tour enough to, to leave. It still is, I hope these guys are getting good advice. I think it's going to be a common theme in a lot of evaluating these, but Lives in Jacksonville, uh, which I think is going to be awkward, or he's going to be moving. I don't know, but this is the biggest coup, I think, for aside from Dustin Johnson that kind of, I think, helped trigger the wave of guys leaving. This is the biggest coup for Norman because, uh, again, it's a player. He's the number two ranked player in the world and who has a bright, bright future of competitive golf in front of him. Now, all that to say, we're going to see him as of now in the on the in the biggest golf tournaments for the next five years because he's exempt for him. But, yeah, it's just, just a bummer. I'm right there with you. I mean, people have been... Oh, TC, your boy's going. Yeah, he is going. It sucks. I've talked about it in the last four to six weeks on here. You know, it is what it is at this point. I think, yeah, it's you hit it on the head. It's going to be awkward for him. Like, he lives, you know, three quarters of a mile from TPC Sawgrass. Uh, he practices out there. I don't know. You know, I may we may see him at the Jack's Beach Muni. We may see him at uh, Ponte Drinning Club or at Tim But there's definitely that. It's going to be weird being at the players and the reigning players champion who won in dramatic triumphant fashion isn't defending especially when it was one of the most popular and you know kind of hometown wins in a long time for the players probably since fred funk and then uh yeah just you know larger golf perspective it's it's just it's tough to it's tough to square right it's tough to like they got somebody who cares deeply about winning who's deeply competitive from what everything i've heard like Cam loves playing team golf, and that sounds like a really, really corny excuse that, you know, yeah, he took the money. Like, that's first and foremost. But I think there's other factors in there uh, between that and just, I think, spending more time in Australia. Like, he posted something the other day, just going, like, he's going home to play the Australian Open or the Australian PGA, and he hasn't been back to Brisbane in, like, three years, right? And... I don't know. I think he's homesick. I think this affords him a hell of a lot more time. But at the same time, like the whole concept of not having the wraparound season, like if he's just patient, like he's probably afforded a lot of that same time to begin with. Like it, it kind of opens up his fall as well. So, and that was something that Rory had mentioned in his presser this week that he called Cam two days after losing to him in the Open Championship. To, which good on Rory. Yeah. Like you know, kind of calling him whether as a competitor or member of the tour or whatever to you know basically say hey like you can you know just make sure you're assessing your options correctly here um which you know uh, like after this most stinging defeat of his career that's crazy um just to make sure he had the right information to make the decision like was his goal yeah. as i understood it to say like hey this is we're gonna be making these changes here's what's gonna be happening like which again as we get to cam talking about cam young again that had an impact on a key player that it seems like the pj tour is going to be able to retain for uh, at least the short term but yeah it um solid i think there's one like the biggest theme that's emerging from this is how much less loyalty the international guys have to the pga tour Right. And which makes sense. Like, yeah, it, totally. It, it I don't, does. you know, it's like, I take a lot of that with, 
I put some credence in a lot of that, especially because the tour, you know, whether directly or indirectly, their decisions and their strategy has affected negatively a lot of the home tours of where these guys came from as well, whether it be Australia or South Africa or the European tour. Yeah. And with him goes leash. Um, seems like this was some sort of a package deal, the two of them, and they'll be on the same team, Australia. Um, another tough one for the kill house. Obviously, you know, we've a uh, relationship with Mark. We have a relationship with his caddy and, uh, yeah, just not something that we're rooting for. Or again, we've addressed this in previous episodes, but nothing else really to say to that other than, uh, just, just kind of sucks for us a little more personally, maybe than it does for golfing nation. I don't think it, uh, no offense, of course, to Mark. I don't think it's a enormous loss for the PGA tour, but it's not good in the same vein, but, um, yeah, I think with Mark, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, he's later in his career. I don't think he, I think he'd be the first to tell you he doesn't work out with coach Joey D or he's not grinding at home on the range, you know? So I, I think there's something there selfishly i probably get to see more of maddie which is which is cool like i you know i kind of i kind of see the other side of it too like he has a lot more security and do i agree with it or or like it no but do i acknowledge some of the reasons and you know why people make certain choices yeah it comes down to family right so i don't know i you know what i'll be a fan of the australian team for live that's for sure (laughs) they've bought your loyalty randy any thoughts on on the uh on the aussies leaving uh, no, only, only in so far as, you know, it was really strange when you just mentioned Dustin Johnson, uh, like five minutes ago, literally like forgot he existed. And I, I think yeah. as somebody that, you know, I, I think saw you did force me to watch that one shot of live competition, uh, on tour sauce, but as somebody who has not, uh, consented to watching any live golf, <laughs> Uh, no, and not out of like animosity, just like literally, like I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, it, it's amazing how quickly you can forget about these guys, and yeah. you know that's not to say who knows where Liv goes over the next couple of years, but from my perspective, it just kind of stinks that it's like ah, well, like Cam Smith, I'm not really gonna think about him <laughs> anymore. I, I guess the 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 difference being if he shows up in the majors and obviously contends and and all of that stuff, but. Yeah, guys like DJ and and even Phil. I mean, Christ, I like I've like Phil might as well be retired and not like it. It just they are so far out of my mind, and so that's I, I just think that's the shame of it. Do you guys think it's a good thing? Like, like let's say Cam comes out and wins the Masters, is that like the worst thing for golf, or is that a good thing for golf? And there's like a real cackling rivalry there that. You know, like I, I can't decide, and, and it's both because I think, yeah, like him exiting the ecosystem, or at least the the proven day to day regular ecosystem where they keep track of stats, and we can talk about golf like this. We're like, we can't even like, let's say we tune into a live tour event, we can't talk about strokes gained really like that, or you know, like on this level, right? And so, I think as golf fans, like it's it's you know, it's a loss for us, right? Like we're the big losers, but. I'll, I'll pose that to you guys. Like, let's say he came out and won at LA country club next year, or he won the masters. Like, is that a good thing? Or is that a bad thing for golf? I think it's a bad thing. It is validating for guys. And, and I guess they, to start to see a path towards winning majors while not being on the PJ tour and being a part of the ecosystem of professional competitive golf. I don't think that's a good thing. I think it can trick. I honestly do think the more we've talked to people and I do think that, 
a lot of these dudes have either received bad information or have agents that are acting with bad intentions that have led them to this. Like, it's not a coincidence that like Excel has zero people that have signed with Liv and GSE has, I'm counting nine now. Like that cannot be a coincidence. Like that, that is influence of agents, right? And we, we do need to, I think we do need to uh, disclose our relationship with Excel. We when, are when repped, we say something like that. We are yeah. repped by Excel and Excel is not <laughs> the only agency that does not have, uh, you know, people that have not signed with Liv. Just making a point to be like, Agents have done incredibly well with this. Uh, we, I was talking about this on Twitter with uh, with Jamie Weir. Tony Johnstone uh, chimed in and said, correct, when you have an agent going around at a DP World Tour event uh, smugly bragging about the $30 million he's made from his player live signings, it should tell you all you need to know about what parasites some of them are. All that to say, like, I think it's going to serve as more propaganda for these agents to talk their players into taking this money because, again, they're getting... Uh, as far as we know, on in a lot of situations, getting a, a large piece of this pie. So, and they're getting they're getting netted up on top of like beyond the twenty percent. They're the Saudis are paying them directly beyond whatever their take home is. Too, yeah, in certain cases, which is crazy. wild. And that leads to, I mean, multiple reports uh, came out that both from GolfChannel.com and SI that have said Joaquin Neiman will be going to live. As far as I can tell, as we're recording this on Sunday night. Joaquin and Mito sound like they are going to live. I do not know when that starts. Uh, Mito especially, I don't know if his President's Cup status is still a question mark at this point. Sports Illustrated did not report Mito as one of the names to be announced this week. Golf Channel did. And as far as I can tell, it is unsure when Mito is going. And I'm still like not 100 million percent on Neiman. But even as of this week, it sounds like he was TBD. Uh, but both of them named Neiman as going to be going to live. And I, if I'm guessing as we're sitting right here, I think he will be playing in Boston. And that I think that one is a, is a, is a tough one because one, I think, is the first and the only to this point of the 23 guys that were in the room in Delaware that unanimously agreed on the structural changes being made to the PGA Tour and their commitment to the Tour. And uh, it uh, in talking to at least one player in that room this week, the one person that they were worried about going was him, mainly because of the GSE connection. And uh, it very much looks like it is uh, time for Mr. Neiman to be leaving the PGA Tour at 23 years old. And it goes right along with their strategy of kind of, you know, going after and owning certain geographies, Yep. right? So he's Mito and Joaquin, South America, right? I would imagine... I mean, shit, I would imagine at some point they make a heavy run at Sebastian Munoz. Who's GSC you know, as well, which I can't believe they haven't made that move yet. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've got, you know, and then that's why they've made such a heavy run at Hideki as well, right? Where like they want to own, you know, like I'm shocked that I'm shocked Sungjae hasn't gotten in the mix, right? Between the Steve Loy Sport 5 connection plus just you know them knowing all right korea is a massive massive market we could we could easily you know throw Sungjae a couple hundred million and that's kind of where like getting to like tringale like that's where like i don't understand where he fits into the whole thing right like <laughs> let's stay like on demon for a second though <laughs> okay. at least i mean 15th player 15th ranked player in the world uh he's exempt for next year's majors as of now uh, until the those those changes happen i mean he'll be in the top 50 by the end of the year and also off making the tour championship he'll be exempt 
maybe he's hoping that with this trial in 2024, by that time, the uh, you know Liv can power through on the trial. Again, I don't know what those guys are being told about how that's going to go. And again, he is a kid, and I've you know had a chance to interview him two and a half years ago, something like that. Didn't feel like I was dealing with the most mature kid in the world. Like it just seemed like a kid who's like really, really good at golf, if I may say. And I, uh, I just don't know how well prepared he is to make a decision like this at age 23. And, uh, it, again, GSE, it, it, that's again, I, I, there's something to this, this part of the story. I really do think GSE golf, Saudi entertainment, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Joaquin's a bummer. I've really wanted like Joaquin to kind of take that next step. Um, he, he hasn't, not that he's been bad, obviously. Uh, but have been expecting more of a, a breakout from him and yeah, it's, I don't <laughs> another guy that's like, he's just going to kind of disappear out of my, out yeah. of my radar. I'm afraid which, which stinks. Yeah. Defending Genesis, uh, yeah. LA open champion too. Really impressive performance there this year. Felt like he was kind of making a leap. Yeah. And again, another player whose best golf is probably ahead of him. And um, I, I just, that it's, that's, what's different about the Neiman and Cam Smith signings, right. Is, yeah. um, you know, look, they got Bryson shortly off, to, uh, you know, a couple of years after a U.S. open win, but clearly not the same player post injury Brooks probably looking at his injury, his injury history, worried about that. Like it, they, they, everyone else to this point is somewhat on the downside of their career in some way until this kind of wave of signings. And I think, you know, look, I definitely, definitely, definitely stand by everything that we reported last week in terms of everything we were told by multiple, multiple people that everyone left that room in unanimous agreement. Um, That does not mean that no one was going to leave. And this is the first one. Now, if you're taking an especially cynical view of it, now Norman had a mole inside that room. That man is being paid handsomely now for his golf. I would imagine if there's any questions that are asked of Neiman as to exactly what was shared in that room that couldn't be shared. I'm guessing that is now fair game for the price that they are uh, buying uh, Joaquin Neiman, which I'm not going to pretend like there was a super secret in there, but gosh, if there was any collusion of any kind or anything that the players shouldn't have done from a legal standpoint, like, again, I don't know how well that all that shit holds up in court hearsay and all that, but there's just something to that now too, where uh, they, they had a guy inside that room who is now going to be going to live. (laughs) So good. I don't even know what to say to that. Right? <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. On a Tringale, honestly. Yes. Can we do Tringale now? Great please? trade. Great trade for the tour. It, zero loss. And he's taking up a spot now over there and lift. Like, that's just one it's less Unbelievable, <laughs> man. Like, like, I mean, Randy, this is the one. This is like six, four to six weeks ago where I was like, Randy, there's they're working on somebody and it's going to be spectacular when it drops. But I can't tell you who it is yet. And it was, it was Tringale. And yeah, it's like they're trying to combat the whole notion of these guys couldn't win on the PGA Tour, so they're going to live. You just nabbed the fucking poster child for that. <laughs> the guy who, like, 54 whole events. He, This guy is tailor-made for 54 whole events. I mean, it, it, he's just, oh, and his statement today was, was absolutely batshit outrageous. Oh, it was, I mean, just music to the PGA Tour lawyers' ears, I'm sure. I mean... It's kind of really dawning on me um, with a couple with honestly with Mito uh, as well. This this concept of 
the PGA Tour spending, and I was actually talking with a lawyer this weekend. He made a really great point. Like, if I was, you know, one of the lawyers, what I would say is like, the PGA Tour has literally spent like billions of dollars, like putting up golf tournaments over the years with reputation, like to give these players the platform in which they performed on to uh, get their names to rise to go to live, basically. Like, the, the tour has funded and sponsored not funded but like yeah they have funded i'll say that funded the, like the start of these guys careers to becoming recognizable golfers and using that platform to springboard i think is i would have to think a great legal argument for the pga tour to be like hey we're not we're, this is anti-competitive like they're taking our talent away so in his statement he acknowledges i want to express my deep gratitude for the pga tour and their teams across all levels for creating maintaining and growing the platform that has allowed me to pursue my dream of playing professional golf at the highest level like bay just copy that right into whatever they got to reply to in the next legal whatever and then he said he said thank you to arnie which i thought was very classless not calling him mr palmer <laughs> thank you arnie PC. and jack and tiger he said thank you for creating this market yes which Literally, he said, "You that, for paving the way yeah. for professional golf to be where it is today, you have created a marketplace for the rest of us, and I'm forever indebted to you. Like, <laughs> again, Dude, this guy's made the most money of anybody in the history of the PGA Tour without winning yeah. before. Tiger could never. He could never. Literally, Tiger could never pull that off. So, and then tell us about the Bible verse in his, uh, it is, uh, <laughs> oh gosh, it was, what, it's from Mark. Here. Mark 8, 36. And as Tron Carter NLU pointed out on Twitter, uh, the scripture of that of that quote is, "For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul?" Which I believe R. Kelly has also used that in, <laughs> as a as a line in one of his songs. Um, He's fight for his fucking life over here on the PGA tour. <laughs> but man, that's just that's that's rich. That's that's rich and compelling, Cam. <laughs> Boutros, Boutros, scam Tringale. I know you know what that might be. That might be what pisses me off the most is we're not gonna get those half a dozen, you know, Boutros, Boutros, Tringale jokes each year. That's that's what I think we're the big losers here, TC. Yeah, I'm sorry about that for both of you, uh, Harold Varner. I think this is probably a tough loss for the tour. Look, there, uh, you know, he's a well liked player. The tour does not have a lot of minorities uh, on there, and apparently MJ had talked him out of being uh, going to live at one point, but uh, the offer got upped, and he could not resist. The number I heard is absolutely fucking absurd of uh, what he's being paid to play golf over there, and does help me understand him leave leaving. But um, this one just seemed. I'm surprised it took three events, basically, because he was one of the, the ringleaders of this going back to February, and uh, he seemed destined for it at some point, and off he goes. So, I, I mean, also has never won on the tour, so, yeah. you know, competitively, like, not a huge loss. Correct. Which, yeah, so, like, are they done, I guess, for the rest of the year, they're done, like, squeezing these guys out, and now it's just going to be, like, these are our guys for the rest of the year. How many events do they have left? Eight? Uh, five. Six? Five. Five? Okay. They're, they're three events into um, a five event season. And then I think they had to be registered or they had to play by Boston to be eligible for like the season long competition, too. I, I, you have to play correct. Four I believe they have to play four to get in the final one. Correct. So that's why Boston becomes an important one for these guys that, you know, are not in live yet. Yeah. They're having a tea party up there. Right. Yeah. This one was in the SI report, but not the Golf Channel report. Um, but it's very, very consistent with everything that we have heard. Uh, Honor Bottle Heary 
Bond uh, will be uh, so not only do they get the players champ, but the players runner up uh, as well will be uh, heading off to live. Um, I, this is, I assume, a play at the Indian market. I, I don't know how many uh, people in India are actually watching golf. I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not saying that they're not. I just, that is clearly what they're after here. There must be something to that. I just uh, don't hear as much about, about that market as I do some of the other Asian markets, but could be wrong. Not till September, my friend. Not till uh, September. Yes. I mean, Bond, I get. Like, he, he, I don't even, like, I think he's gone to, you know, Corn Ferry Finals in a few of the past years, like he barely has had a PGA tour card. Right. You know? I mean, he was a great listen on the podcast. Yep. You know, that is the six guys that I believe are going to be announced tomorrow. Uh, six of the seven, I believe it is going to be seven announced, but I, I, to this point do not know who the seventh is. Uh, we've heard a rumor on one guy that I've not heard anywhere else. So I'm not going to say that name. Uh, again, Golf Channel is insistent that Mito is going again at some point. I just don't know when that is going to be. So I do not know uh, who the final spot is going to be. It is not going to be Cameron Young. This was reported. Uh, Dylan DeCherry reported this, and Ryan Labner has a piece up on golfchannel.com. When asked about his future plans, said, uh, frankly, I have decided to stay. It's a really difficult situation because it's not anything that anyone wanted to happen. It wasn't meant to be this hostile between the two. Um, I would end quote. Uh, I would look towards the commissioner of that tour, and I would very much disagree that it was not meant to be hostile. Um, and is he talking specifically to him, or like like with regard to to them battling over him, or just in general? I think in general um, would be would be my guess. And then the article says, yeah, Young was a part of the players only meeting last week. He said he sat next to Roy, but didn't offer any opinion on the proposed changes. Uh, he said that I was there to listen. Um, and then he also said, frankly, throughout the whole process, uh, with them, I was interested. He said of live, I think they have a bunch of good ideas. I think they're doing some cool stuff. And with some of those changes coming, that's what really helped me decide to stay and pursue those goals that I have for myself. Now he's referring to the change on the PGA tour, like making the president's cup team or Ryder cup team and winning a major when all that is just uncertain. If you go, it's a tough place for me because I'm very young. There's a lot of factors to it. I don't know what I wish. I wish it hadn't come along at this specific place in my career, said the 25-year-old young, which is interesting. It, it, it's it's yeah, That's a lot of words. Yeah, he, that, he, he laid it bare, which credit to him for, for laying it yeah. all out there, right? He's been heavily rumored. Uh, there's there, As far as I know, there may be more to this story as it comes to Cameron Young, and I don't know uh, if we'll ever hear that story, but... I'll just leave that out there. He's got, and, and, and it, I think there's rumors about his back too, right? Rumors like about his back. back but, problems. Um, I think, it, I just think that a big takeaway in this is the statement in there that, you know, because of the changes being pushed through, like, again, the timing of this move, uh, the timing of Rory getting this group together to talk about it is, seems to have already played a role in, in, in uh, preventing one, what looks like to be a very promising career. Um, from I listen, I'll, I, this is going to sound dramatic from being saved. I will say from leaving the competitive golf ecosystem, uh, for the majority of the golf that he would be playing. So, uh, Randy, do you think, uh, Rob Manfred is, is advising young Cameron young? I certainly hope so. Yeah. Uh, with his MLB connection, of course, sleepy hollow. I, connection. I don't think, yeah, I don't think yeah. we can take anything off the table. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad Cam Young, you know, I'm glad I'll get to see Cam Young yeah. next year. I, I enjoyed, really enjoyed watching him play golf this year. Guys, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if Greg Norman 
is in charge of live come January 1, 2023. I and you know exactly how he's going to play it off. This was always the plan. I was always just going to get yeah. help launched and then was going to turn it over. I've got many business enterprises that I've run. Live Golf has been an incredible commitment. I'm so happy and thankful for my time here and can't wait to see what they I, I could draft the speech that he's going to make or the statement he's going to put And like out. they needed a disruptor. Yeah. I came in and disrupted it and now they need a peacemaker and I'm not that person. Da, 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 yes. It's right? and uh yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Uh there TC. Colt Nose posed a great question on uh, on Twitter on on Saturday night. He said, you know, when we posted uh we shared the the list that had been reported it's if you're the PGA tour, are you happy? Are you okay with this? If this was the final list, are you okay? Uh, at this point, I forget exactly how he phrased it, but you get the sense of the question. Randy, what do you think? Are you okay with this? If you're the tour, you see this list. If this was final, uh, will they be okay? Um, no, I mean, no, I, I like. I think Cam Smith is is a huge loss. I think uh, fan favorite like Mickelson. I mean, I don't think you can look at it in an objective light and say the tour is okay with it now. Where it could have been, and granted, what's happened, and like if if we cut it off now, could it be worse? Absolutely. So I guess from that perspective, the tour has to be thankful that you know there wasn't a bigger exodus. Um, but I, I think it's like, you know, all in all, not, not good. Yeah. <laughs> not good. I think, you know? I mean, do if we were, if we rewinded to January of this year and we ran off the names of people that have left the tour uh, that have joined live, we, I mean, we'd be freaking out. Right? It's been piece by piece and it's hard to like wrap your head around the fact that it's like, dude, yeah, some seriously damaging names have left the PGA tour. They are badly, badly bruised, may even have a couple broken bones and, I, I think to his question, though, it's like, with who's left, can you rally around that? Can you build around that? Can you see a way forward? I do think you can. I mean, I think it's it's easy to make it seem like Liv has gotten more than they've gotten because if you don't list off the names that are still at the PGA Tour at the top. They don't have Speed. They don't have JT. They don't have Rom. They don't have Rory. They don't have Scheffler. I could keep going. And they don't have a lot of the most important names in golf uh, when it comes to to talent. And I think that Again, that that's gonna be what's gonna help save it. I really do think. Solly, I think something that gives me confidence for the PGA Tour is the fact that Liv hasn't, you know, either hasn't made a run at or hasn't made a successful run at more more of the stud collegiate players, right? The the uh, Ch- Chisara or Chikara kid from from uh, Oklahoma State, like he's. And I know Puig's played, but I don't think he took any money. Like those are kind of the only two that have that have really of any consequence that have really jumped. Would it surprise you if I there. told you that Shikara was GSC? Uh, but continue. But, no, it wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which you know, based on how much they paid him up front, I know. You know, it sounded like they kind of doubled what he was even willing to jump for. So, but yeah, I mean, you've got the Cootie twins. You've got our boy Ludwig. You've got Thor Bjornsson. You got all sorts of you know great great collegiate players that are that are it seems like more dedicated than ever towards you know making their path the pga tour yeah randy i made the analogy a couple uh episodes back i don't think you were on that week it's kind of like a i viewed a little bit like a baseball team right that you know harvested a bunch of prospects and and they all kind of got up to the pga tour got up to the big league squad at the same time they made a run at it 
But look, payroll was just too big, and like they, you know, they lost a lot of a lot of guys. They couldn't retain everybody, and now it's back to the farm system to kind of replenish the system a little bit. And it's going to be a little bit of a next man up. I mean, there's already a downstream impact of guys that have left for live that have opened up tour cards for guys that thought they were out as of a couple of weeks ago, uh, which I don't think has been made official yet. But like, I mean, shit, we can get to this. David Lingworth uh, did not qualify for the Corn Ferry Tour Finals until Live guys pulled out. And he got in on his FedEx Cup ranking, which was 207 going into the playoffs. He got into the top 200 because of guys that dropped out. He just won the Nationwide in Columbus this week and is headed back to the PGA Tour. Um, so there's like going to be a downstream effect and some opportunities for a lot of guys because of this. Um, I, listen, am I going to pretend that like what they're replenishing makes up for losing Cam Smith and Joaquin Neiman? Of course, I'm not going to do that. But you know, a few years down the road, it, it's going to be a clearer path for a lot of the names you just mentioned, TC, that... You know, Scotty Scheffler was not a household name as of, you know, three years ago. It wasn't in the Carter household, of course, but, you know, not in everyone's house. So, yeah, I, I think that analogy makes sense. I, I think what's most interesting to me is it's almost like uh, to further continue with that an analogy, Solly, will, will these amateurs go in the draft? Will they funnel into the PGA Tour or you know, is it like an international guy that, that comes onto the market and there's just this free for all, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, the, the, the battles seem to be kind of cooled for now, but it, there's going to be a battle over a potential battle over every great rising player. It seems like, uh, could be the case, which, you know, I, I good or bad, it, it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting. It, it's almost, it feels like a little case for case basis but, going forward. But if I may say, we are not in the idea phase as much with Liv, right? I mean, we have, we have seen the reaction. And, you know, a lot of the, the first guys that went somehow didn't think that they were going to get suspended, right? They thought they were going to get OWGR points, right? They thought they're going to be able to play the majors based on their OWGR you know, ranking. Now that they see this trial date that is set, you know, for a year from now, now that they've seen the PGA Tour has actually suspended these guys, they've seen Jay Monahan say, no, I do not see a path back to the PGA Tour for these guys. Does that change the decision, right? It makes it a little harder for the people involved to live to tell lies to these kids about what their opportunities are going to be. And you can see it very clearly what, what the reality of this is going to be. You are going to be tanked in the world rankings. You might not ever play in a major if you bypass uh, you know, playing through qualifying systems or, or tours that have feeder systems or, you know, that are part of the golf ecosystem. Like you can't, you know, you can't lie your way around that at this point. And I wonder if that's going to affect decisions. That's not to say, Hey, here's $40 million top young player. Like you'll never have to work another day in your life. If you sign this piece of paper, I still think people are, are at risk of doing that, but it, you are, you will be foregoing your competitive golf career as of this moment. If you do that. Yeah. I, no argument there. Um, I, I just, I guess it, to me, it feels like we're, we, we've kind of ended some battles within a war, but it feels like we're very early in a larger war still. Uh, and, and the trial is going to be a, a, a big kind of fork in the road, whichever way that goes. I, I just, I, I'm not comfortable enough to say two, three, four, five years down the road. Yeah how everything's going to oh, look, God, but, no. uh, I. certainly, Shit. certainly like at this moment of time, given what we know, uh, totally agree with you.
Which, yeah, we we had a whole podcast this past week um, with Keith Mitchell, who is on the uh, on the pack on the PGA Tour, was not in the meeting uh, last week. I would highly recommend it, especially if you're interested in breaking down uh, a lot of the changes that were made to the PGA Tour. We talked one by one with Keith um, about why they're being made, how they're being made, and how it affects somebody like him, how it affects lower-tier player, how it affects the higher-tier player. Uh, I strongly recommend that, that episode. Uh, so I think we don't need to go – Totally piece by piece with all the details, but I, I do kind of want to get your guys' reaction to some of the announcements and changes that were made uh, this past week and, and wondering, I'll start with UTC, what, what sticks out to you the most as being the most significant or uh, and, and kind of how it, how it leaves you feeling about the future of the PGA Tour? Yeah, I mean, I thought the earnings assurance program, like I know that's, I think everybody's kind of misunderstanding that. I think it's more about getting it up front. Than it is Let's clarify about, what that means. It's for yeah. uh, exempt players, meaning Corn Ferry Tour graduates and above. If you are exempt on PGA Tour, have full PGA Tour status, you are guaranteed $500,000 minimum. And if you are a rookie, you are paid that amount up front. For the remaining players, if you're an exempt player, have full status on the, on the PGA Tour, but you don't make $500,000 in earnings, the PGA Tour will net you up uh by the end of that year, the difference in what you earned up to $500,000. And for everyone else, it is an advance on earnings, essentially, or not really even an advance. You yeah. don't get an advance on earnings. The, only the rookies get an advance on their earnings. They get 500 k to yeah. start the year, and they earn against that up to, and once you pass 500 k you you get to collect your earnings. Which I think that's that's being, you know, oh, there's, you know, you have to go all the way down to 164th to to find a guy that, that, that this would help. I think, I think the key thing in there is the advance, Yeah. right? Like giving it to these guys so they can hit the ground running, uh, you know, get the right trainer on board, do all that stuff up front. I think uh, the expansion of the PIP from 10 to 20 guys uh, and from 50 to hundred million, probably more as we move forward beyond 2023, you know, it doesn't really, I get why it's important to these guys. It makes it feel a little bit less arbitrary to get more guys in the boat with it too. Um, so I think, you know, taking care of more guys is probably helpful. But what's more, what's significant about this? Uh, I want to point this out. That's basically the PIP has, instead of it being a popularity contest, one, they're changing the criteria. And two, this is essentially their way of paying appearance fees to players because with it comes a commitment to this elevated series of events and as Monahan clarified in the press conference, if they do not participate in these elevated events, they will not be eligible for the PIP. Yeah, or 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 participate in in a minimum of, you know, twelve of them or fifty, you know, how you know. But but even like, that's where I got so frustrated watching the presser because Jay Jay bungled that right. Like he he said this is like the dumbest thing he possibly could have said. But since it's clearly not his idea, he's not explaining it correctly. Where he said, like, yes, the PIP will have a fat, like, will play a part in figuring out who is playing in these elevated events, which, based on everything that we've heard and then the tour clarifying after the fact, is not the case, right? Like, it's not, they're not doing a popularity contest. Like, a bunch of people were calling it the Ricky rule afterwards. And it's like, no, like, Ricky's not getting into these elevated events because he's Ricky Fowler, because he's finishing you know, it's 19th in the PIP. And that's right? what said, yeah, for 22 and 20, he said this, for 22 and 23, the PIP will be used to identify our top players and those making a commitment to 20-plus event schedule I just outlined, which was confused as saying, if you finish the top 20 in the PIP, you qualify uh, for this 20-event series. But in reality, it's if you're eligible for the series and you are in the PIP, like, you need to play it, basically. If you if you got this money, yeah. you're eligible, you need to, you need to get it. 
No, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess overall, like I like the changes. I think they're, I think they're a good first step. I think there's a heck of a lot more coming down the pike. I think that they need to make the international stuff a bigger emphasis on as they move into 24, 25, like getting, you know, making sure that these 15 elevated events or however many aren't just in the United States that you're hitting other parts of the world and that there's, you know, that there's a definite priority to do that. Um, but the other thing too, is like, I just, it just doesn't feel like any of this was, was brought on by the tour, right? This was Rory and the players bringing this to the tour. And it's like, all right, well, what the fuck's the tour doing in the meantime? Like, are, are they just sitting on their hands? Like at, at the global home, not doing anything. And that's what, that's what confuses me a little bit is like, they didn't have their own idea. They didn't have any, any sort of, backup plan or any sort of counter proposal to this it was just like oh rory that's a good plan let's just go with that you know i will say to that keith made a great point in that if the tour would have come up with this and gone to top players and said here's your schedule that would have not gone over well right it would that would that is not yeah. the way they I mean, it's got to emanate from the it players. had to emanate yeah. from the players right which um yeah i randy do you have any any reaction to to any of the changes we saw i i generally thought like tc said good at least interesting, seemingly good first step. Uh, the thing that most excited me was the possibility of moving those, I think they're three floating elevated events um, and, and kind of taking those to different tournaments over the years, I think would be an awesome idea for all the reasons we kind of were, are wanting the tour championship to move a little bit. Um, just being able to see guys at, at certain tournaments that we wouldn't otherwise get to see them at is, is always a treat. So I, I think that was one thing I latched onto that uh, could be, could, could really take this from like, Oh damn, no, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, I, I, you know, not, not much to add. Seems like a, a cohesive strategy seems like some good first steps and yeah, I'm, you know, kind of wait and see from, from here. I do just want to stress like how much of this again, uh, is in the works is need to be worked out. And Rom was asked about it this week. And he, he said, uh, it didn't go great. If you will. He said, look, if we have to play all those 20, meaning, all right, and I struggle with this whole concept, but 20 would be four majors plus the players plus the eight other elevated events that were previously announced right? Mm -hmm. So that's 13. Four new elevated events, which are yet to be determined. Oh, so four. Makes yeah. 17. And then three other non-elevated events that players have to play. Makes up the 20 events that the top players are committed to. And basically the question was like, hey, is that like a lot to ask with for Ryder Cuppers that have to play also four events on the European Tour next year that I don't believe include co-sanctioned events. I could be wrong on that, but it's not WGC's. I don't know if the Genesis counts towards that. So Rom said, yeah, if we have to play all those 20, 100%, I wouldn't be surprised if that changes because that puts me in a very difficult position. If I go play in Europe in the fall, like I'm going to, I have to play from January to August 20 times. He said, I think this is my 17th. It was actually his 18th uh, event I've played basically from January, and I don't know if I could add any more. So yeah, especially with Ryder Cup and having to play four in Europe, yeah, I think it's a bit of an ask, and I wouldn't be surprised if they revise it uh, a bit of the rule or make an exception for some players. But if they do it for players like me and Rory, they might have to do it for everyone. And then he was asked, do you know something we don't? And he said, in what sense? And the question was, in terms of changing that policy. 
He goes, me? No, you're asking the wrong guy. If you want to know about that stuff, you know who the two players are you have to ask. Smiling, uh, also noted in the in the transcript. Uh, a lot of people took that as him being chippy as uh, towards Rory and, and Tiger as, as being the ringleaders of this, but I didn't necessarily take it that way. I think he brings up a... Va- I almost thought it was like deferential yeah. a little bit of like, yeah. He brings up like a, le- the a legitimate concern in this and speaks to like, honestly, how fast this is moving. For once, the tour might be yeah. moving too fast on this. And, you know, if Jay's going to come out in the presser and say, no, you got to play all 20 of these, which one, what happens with injury? I got, you got to answer that question. But hey, you're going to play all 20 of these. And they haven't considered the fact that, hey, we're talking about a shortened season to play the 20 plus the four European tour events that the European guys are going to have to play. That is a big ass. That's too big of an ass. 24 weeks from January to August is too much. And so how are they going to handle that? And that's where they just need to get in the room and iron it out. Like I'm, I'm confident, like you can't let stuff like that stand in the way of like carving out exceptions or like, let's, let's get everybody together and, and work on a solution that, that works for the most people. Yeah, it's like they're they're philosophically aligned on the important right. stuff, right? Exactly. And, you know, you can tweak you can tweak the particulars, but you know, you can't tweak the the kind of the the larger picture, the larger idea. I guess going back to the tour too, it just I don't know. I just get the sense that you know, it's like, hey, this is hey, this is like Jay's get out of jail free card, which good on him, good on that. And B, it's like there's a certain sense of you know, he's finally being incentivized to take care of the best players instead of take care of everybody. What's good for the goose is good for the gander kind of thing, right? Which, can we talk about James Hahn next? Is that okay? Exactly, yes. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read a lot, and I know we're, we're going to go long tonight. I'm not even going to apologize for this. Last part of the major of the, of the season. James Hahn, this was uh, in Golf Week uh, from Adam Schupack. <laughs> Just spells out exactly what the issues have been on the PGA Tour for a long time. Like, absolutely not getting it, Mr. James Hahn, and just very willing to speak on the topic, which is my my favorite. He said, certain changes uh, were made to combat the Live Tour, not necessarily to make our tour any better. To prevent more players from leaving our tour, we are ending up paying the top players in the world guaranteed money that has increased exponentially. Three years ago, we started implementing this new PIP program which has grown to $100 million. It seems like people who have the most influence on how much money is distributed to the top players in the world have a much stronger voice now than they've <laughs> ever had. I understand the reasoning that the money is used to keep, up, keep top players, and without them, we have no tour. My question to them is, when, when is it enough? We've gone from 50 to $100 million. When is 100 million. When $100 million is not enough, will they ask for $200 million? How will that impact our business? How do you say this, uh, end quote, I should say. How do you say those two things back to back? Like, I understand how they're doing it. You know, we might not have a tour, but man, these top players sure do have a loud voice in the room now. I don't like this. I'll tell you what, too, James. You know what? When is enough enough with with the TV contract? You know what? Maybe you guys should have just said, you know what? We don't need $700 million a year. Amen. Amen. We we just need $320 million a year. You know? I'll, I'll just raise that question. Um, he also said, it's interesting how things have switched. He said of how top 20 players will have to make 20 mandatory starts to receive their pit money. Uh, again, quoting purses increasing to 20 million isn't enough. They need guaranteed money to give up their freedom. It feels very hypocritical and could cannibalize the rest of the season and make the other tournaments feel like second class events by asking the, the other tournaments already they are, are second, second class, class events. events. That's exactly <laughs> what they're supposed to feel like. That's what they are. Continuing the quote by asking the best players to play more and essentially the same schedule. 
they're going to end up taking the same week off. Are they going to play the Honda Classic with its $8 million purse or the $20 million purses that surround it? I fear we couldn't end up like the ATP, where the only only a handful of events draw real interest. These are some of the things we had to think had to think through before we voted. Uh, end quote. James. It already is James, like the ATP. <laughs> they did think this through and then voted on it. Like they are fine with exactly what you spelled out here. And again, the these there are already second class events. This is not new. This is not introducing something a different layer to this. This is not new. There's third class. They're not events. drawing the. I was going to say, if we're being real, it's it's the majors, and then you have your second class events, and then you have your third. Correct. Class. And yeah, they're not. Those guys aren't drawing. The, those fields aren't drawing the top players, anyways. And with this program, they're also like mandating that the players need to rotate different new events that they play in. So again, I don't know how it's going to work out, but basically, it would be like Jordan Spieth every however many years is essentially going to get to most of the events, uh, you know, by cycling these three random events that they have to play. So I mean, shit, the Honda. Like, look at the Honda. Like he uses yes. the Honda as a perfect example. The Honda's like. Dog shit already right a bad now. field. It's a terrible, already place. A bad field. Yeah. And then from this Honda, the way it's proposed, players that are going to play in a weaker field for the same purse will also have a chance to play their way into the elevated events. Like that's those things are going to be qualifiers for the elevated events. At least that's what's proposed. That's still got to be worked out. But the opportunities that come from these lower events are way better than they have been in the past. And he voted. He actually voted no on this. Like it's 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 remarkable. He continued the secret. Keep going. Keep the going. secret meeting with Tiger and Rory set a precedent that the top twenty players can get whatever they want from the tour. So what's stopping the other ninety percent of our tour from getting together and doing the same exact thing as Rory and Tiger? Oh. It's saying the top and twenty players it. can go play their own tournaments, but the rest of the tour, us ninety percent, all stand together and we want more benefits. I feel like a portion of the hundred million could have gone towards making our tour great rather than going to the top twenty. These are the little things that irritate the rest of the membership to the point there is a lot of animosity between the haves and have-nots. Play better, oh dog. Oh, my God. Like, oh, no. literally, this is what has held the tour back forever, that you 90% have held up from this happening a long, long time ago. And, again, top 20 players get whatever they want for the tour. If they want, if they got whatever they wanted, it would not include you. You would be gone. Like, they, they're, they're yeah. looking after the membership in a way that maybe you have not seen all the way through to this point. And, listen, maybe it might be wrong, but there's no chance you've given this enough thought. They, like, immediately... A lot of these, I and mean, this is kind of what I thought was going to happen with a lot of these lower tier guys, is just one look at it to be like, we're getting excluded from this. This is bullshit. When the reality is you guys have had it so incredibly good for so many years, the thought of that shifting even a little bit is scaring you, and that is what is going to make the tour go away. If, if, that, if you prevent stuff from like this from happening, the tour goes away. This is like the, the equivalent of saying the 11th man on an NBA roster has to be making $7 million a year. Pretty much. Right. And like, and like basically having a crazy maximum or, you know, minimum salary there. He said the important part in like his third sentence, he said, I understand the reasoning is used to keep top players. And without them, we have no. <laughs> that's, that's your quote to the, to Adam Shupak. That's all you got to say. Like that's it. Don't give don't give us this much fodder. This is a turkey shoot. This is so easy, man. You're making this way too easy. And then like when it comes down to the hypocritical part, like I I like I think we've been saying it for two years is like the good thing is that this is gonna make the tour better, right? This is gonna make the tour like rethink some things. This is gonna force the tour's hand to do certain things that are that are, you know, it's like the top twenty players, like they're the top twenty players because they're the best players in the world. They're the most successful. They've earned their place in the top 20. Yes. Right? 
and it's you know it's not like that we just arbitrarily said oh like these guys are the top 20 players because you know what those four are handsome he hits it the farthest he has the most social media <laughs> followers like no these are the top 20 they're guys. beating you at golf yeah. oh gosh yeah that was what a fucking yeah. idiot i mean truly he's, he's laying like, it bare i can't believe this guy's on the board but it's also again this guy being a part of the bureaucracy has again led us to exactly where why we are here where we are how many more years is this term I think I don't know. I, I I'd have to I'd have to double check that. What's the amendment that they do where it's like you know you can you can basically impeach someone for because you think they're like senile or the twenty fifth? I believe it's the twenty fifth <laughs> amendment. You should do that to James Hahn. <laughs> They'll get a couple other things here, and we're we're not going to get to the full agenda tonight. We may have to do a, a bonus up. I, we got plenty to talk about. There's there's plenty of President's Cup stuff we can do into the future. We'll wait for the official list of live signings to get out in front of that, but. You guys pump for some screen golf. Tomorrow Sports, TGL announced this week of uh, Rory and Tiger's new indoor golf league launching in January 2024. Just um, right up your alley, Randy. Guys, I can't. I'm out. I, I truly, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything <laughs> at all is how I feel right now because I'm sure some people are going to love it and that's great. And it's not for me and it doesn't have to be for me. It sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> TC. I'm not totally opposed. You know, I know it's tough to get Rory and tiger in the same room together or the same place and schedules and all that, especially having in the off season, but man, like it's felt like kind of a weird thing to announce. Yeah. This week timing, in the context not good. of all the other not stuff good. really, you know, and then trotting up the Mike McCarley guy, former golf channel exec who, you know, I don't know. It just, it was a little bit off as far as the announcement and everything goes. It felt, and it, it didn't square up great with like Rory's role and all this stuff too. It kind of I, made it, you I know. disagree with that a little bit. I think a appeal of this, right. I think why it went out this week, why it had to be was also like, all right. So there was a lot of stuff going around that the tour might be good, given up its 501 C6 status, whatever, going to profit model. Not true. Not happening. PGA Tour season, January to August, 501c6, nonprofit, charity, all that stuff, maintaining the same. Jay mentioned this in the presser as well, but opening up potential for carve-outs for for-profit for PGA Tour members. I don't pretend to know how all that works, but that was a showcase to say, here is an announcement of something that's also going to be great for these top players that we are desperately, desperately, desperately trying to keep. Six teams, I think three players on each team is that yeah six three man teams so eighteen players, top eighteen top twenty whatever so so for top guys here is a for profit way on TV on Monday nights with Tiger Woods anything Tiger touches is fail proof as far as ratings go with them is a way to make some money outside of this normal structure that doesn't involve a practice round a pro am caddy scouting the course yeah. Thursday round oh Friday I get the round, concept Saturday, like it's... Saturday round Sunday yeah. round. The reason why it had to happen this week, and again, it was awkward. I wanted to hear more from Rory about the changes they were going through. But this is to say, like, here's something. Again, Rory said it as well this week. Who knows when we're going to see Tiger Woods play golf? Like, we're not going to unless he decides to ride the cart, which I'm going to start the campaign. Hashtag ride the cart, Tiger. Uh, play PGA Tour events and ride in a golf cart. That's a separate topic. We don't, like, we're going to see – we won't see it at all. He won't see him walking golf courses on the PGA Tour. So, like, hey, on a Monday yeah. night, we'll get to see him play some screen <laughs> golf and – like, is it going to be great real golf? No. Is it like for us hardcore golf fans? Maybe not. I don't know. I'm willing to be 
wrong on that. Am I going to run through the wall for this concept? No. But if we're talking about from an overall scheme of, I think overall, we want to see the PGA Tour succeed out of this. Uh, I think that's our best chance for entertaining golf in the pro golf circuit. And this is a factor towards keeping some of those top players is this opportunity to, to make some easy money is why I think I'm in on this idea. Again, I don't think I'm going to be that entertained by it, but in that regard, it seems to make sense. I'm not against it whatsoever. I think my issues were just more around the the announcement of it this week. But I, yeah, I, I get the why, why they did it. You know, heading into the offseason, there's not really another good time to do it. it. Sounds like they've got a bunch of heavy hitter celebrity investors. You know, I'm sure there'll be some tech, like, technology come from this it seems like it's adding more to the table it's not taking anything off the table for me if if tiger you know comes in plays a little bit great you know so yeah i think it's you know i'm waiting to see i'm i'm not bullish on it but it you know again it's like it seems yeah i'm mildly optimistic Did that change any of your thoughts randy <laughs> oh no, it's so stupid <laughs> i have no interest in it but like i said that's yeah. fine Different strokes for different folks. Doesn't have to be for I, me. I wonder why it's not just in the fall. Like, that seems to make a lot of sense, right? If guys want a true offseason and then you show up on Monday nights for two hours and, and do a little work and you head back home. Well, Monday's in the, Monday's in well, the fall. Or so make it go. Tuesday nights, right? Like, um, yeah. Which, that would be the opportunity. Or, yeah. or yeah. you do it from six to eight on Monday nights as a lead into Monday night football. Like, that's a, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know if Randy can sign off at it, on it on Tuesdays or Wednesdays because then it's running into action. Yeah. That's true. You know, once we get into November, exactly, TC. We got a small window here. <laughs> that is true, Randy. I got. I got to admit, I did not carve out a lot of time for the CP Women's Open uh, this past week on the LPGA Tour. Do you have any update for us on what happened to us uh, on the LPGA Tour this week? Did you catch any of the action? Yeah, I watched. Uh, good, good uh, Golf Channel coverage. Some final round coverage today on CBS. Um, Paula Reto. Reto or Rito, I, 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 I'm so bad with name guys, but South African, her first career win, uh, always a feel good story, 157th start. Mm. So, um, big, big run of weeks here for South African women. Yeah. Of course, Ashley Buhai at the, uh, at the women's open and now, uh, Paula, Ret I'm just going to go with Reto winning her first event. What let, let me read a couple stats for you just to put this into context. Like I said, her 157th start on the LPGA Tour uh, in her career to this point had only six top tens and only 75 made cuts. So, um, uh, you know, a, a win that truly is is very very impactful for her is going to get her into the end of year LPGA Tour Championship. Um, and she held on. She won by one over Nelly Corda. Nelly's shown some good form, of course, coming back from the blood clot earlier in the year. Um, she she comes up just short. And um, who else do I want to shout out here? Lindy Duncan, Randy. Yes, 62. TC. Yes, second round Lindy 62. Duncan, second round 62, finishes in the tied for ninth, gets a top 10. Uh, she has a special place in, in our heart. Uh, she's a Duke graduate, hell of a co collegiate career. Hasn't had a ton of success on the LPGA tour to date, but um, she had this, uh, and I don't know if she still travels with it because I haven't seen her in a while, but she had this big contraption that she would carry with her and construct it on the range. And it was like this swing plane thing, making sure her swing was on plane. And it, I it, it, was, it looked it was like homemade. a science project. 
It yeah. was like PCP pipes and PCP. wood, and it was. It was like an erector set. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. And she would construct it and 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 warm up, and then she would have to take it all apart and it like fit into this big. I don't know if it was like a briefcase or this big. Just I think like, she made it with her dad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I do want to learn what a PCP pipe is, uh, but I, I believe you did PVC what, what? pipe. But I, I, <laughs> I didn't know you yeah, like to get I'm, wet, I'm, Randy. <laughs> I know. I'm getting so old. I'm turning to my dad. I mispronounce everything. I get everything wrong. Uh, it scares me every day. Oh, uh, PCP great, pipe. Great result. <laughs> yeah, great result for Lindy Duncan. And uh, Lucy Lee, she tied with Lucy Lee, tied for ninth, who just secured through the Epson Tour, secured her tour card. Of course, people might remember that name when she qualified for the U.S. Women's Open uh, before she was a teenager many years ago. Um, very cool to see her now more grown up. I, it's You know, she's not old, uh, but she will be a good week this week, and she'll be playing next year on the LPGA Tour, which is fun. So... I, I will compliment the people of Canada. Great turnout, energetic fans. Um, it, it seemed like a good golf course. I, it, it, I, I thought it was a really good event. So all in all, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Tough week for our young hitters, though. That was disappointing. Yeah. Madeline and, and Lauren missed the cut. I guess a shout out here again. I mentioned it earlier as we uh, head towards wrapping here. Um, David Langmurth. Um, I, I've been fortunate enough to get to be friends with him and his family here in Jackson. I, I told this story on Twitter. We had, we had dinner with him. His, his wife grew up with, with my wife. They've been friends for a long time. We had dinner about four years ago and he was just starting to kind of downward trend around that time. And he was telling me about his elbow injury and how it's, you know, affected things. And we we're having dinner. And he just, he said a line during that dinner that just like, it haunted me. It crushed me. Honestly, he was like, bottom line, I lost my confidence. Right, and this guy at this time, three years prior to that, he had won the Memorial. He had almost won the Players Championship that that Tiger won in 2013. Like he was, he was crushing people out in the PGA Tour. And uh, at that, I just remember that line as I, I lost my confidence. And it's been a a frustrating, I'm sure, several group of years on every tour, Monday qualifying, battling back and forth, Corn Ferry, getting spot starts on the PGA Tour. Uh, anywhere he could and uh, barely gets into the Corn Ferry Finals and he goes and wins the Nationwide and he's headed back to the PGA Tour and uh, has had some really good moments in golf in the last year and I, I hope he uh, hope he, hope he hope he makes it stick out there and uh, I'm just very, very happy for him and his family and the perseverance that goes goes towards that. Four years is a very long time uh, to be sticking with that and somebody who's not blessed with incredible physical gifts when it comes to golf, uh, grinding it out is just, uh, this is my feel-good story of the week, if you will. So congrats to David. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Like the Amen. That amount of grit and grind and coming back from injuries and stuff. I think also there's, you know, a uh, few other guys that kind of notched PGA tour cards today. Henrik Norlander, another Swede, back in the mix. Uh he finished T six. He's up to eighth for the finals. Joseph Bramlett likely headed back to the PGA tour. <laughs> this load. Uh, this load, yeah. Uh <laughs> Uh, I, I, although I think he's, he's improved his pace of play. Uh, Justin Lauer, our young hitter, he's up to yes. ninth for the finals. So awesome. Awesome uh, tournament. I know the last, you know, few months have been a grind for him almost to the point where I think, you know, I think he finished 126th or 127th in the, the regular season on tour to the point where I think he's anticipating getting in on that number anyway. So he may just skip the, you know, skip the last event 
here on the Corvair Tour just so he's fresh for Napa. Uh, but you know what? Swedes just killing it, man. Swedes winning on the Corn Ferry Tour. Lynn Grant, fourth win of the year on the Ladies European Tour. And then uh, I think a Swede won on the Challenge Tour today, too. So uh, Guy, huge. Guys, we got we gotta, we got to get Lynn, Lynn Grant uh, <laughs> able to enter the United <laughs> States. I, I need her on the LPJ Tour next year. <laughs> Allegedly, from what I've heard, uh, is is what's stopping her. Uh, guys, I've I'll, also big news. Neil just came back uh, from Shinnecock. He played Shinnecock twice in the last oh. three days. He got the call back. Oh, today. good for him. Uh, a true, yeah. a true strap boy. <laughs> yeah, just just wet in his beak. Well, guys, I, I may say I was worried. It, you know, we we had two hours. Basically, I was a three-hour limit before I was going to make my fantasy draft. I was worried getting through everything this week that we weren't going to be able to, and I think we did it. Now, this is the part where TC adds 10 more minutes on, I think. But uh, <laughs> Sully, is it a draft or an auction? Uh, one of both at the same exact time. So I got I got a little prep I got to do before that as well. So, do you know what your draft position uh, is? I don't. I got to figure that out as well. I haven't thought about this until – had to get wow. through this. this, this uh, listen, it's a working weekend. Come on. You know, we work weekends out here yeah well, well thank luck. you thank you both this was fantastic recap of the uh of the week we got a lot of well i mean we're obviously going to be potting all through the fall as well but uh good to put a bow on the on the season and um have a couple weeks off of pga tour golf we'll be attending some lpga tour golf um got, got some family stuff going on it's good to, good to kind of put the season behind us so also uh cody and i sat down Cody sat down with him. I kind of watched. I kind of fall welled over in the corner because uh, I, I just like I, the sinuses are going nuts. But we sat down with uh, John Simpson. We're up here at the Simpson Cup at Baltus Raw this week. Um, kind of a U.S. Great Britain competition with uh, wounded veterans. And uh, we've got a pod coming out with him on uh, overnight Tuesday night into Wednesday. I would encourage everybody to listen to that. John was a longtime agent for... Um, IMG and then set this up. Uh, I think this is the 12th or 13th one and just an exceptional event. Uh, Baltus Raw this year. It was at the Creek last year. I think it's at Lytham next year. So yeah, just a fantastic event. First class all the way and some guys in there that are like some really exceptionally cool stories. So uh, be on the lookout for that on Wednesday. Randy, any shout outs before we wrap? I failed to mention Danielle Kang came back and played at the Canadian Open. Made the cut, her first start since the tumor diagnosis. So it was great to see her back. So uh, special shout out to her. Ollie was back on the bag for her. So good to see the two of them out and uh, hope to hope to see her all fall. The LPGA, they're, they're starting. They're in a seven week, uh, seven tournaments and seven week stretch here. So uh, Ohio folks, or if you're around Ohio, they're in Toledo this coming weekend. And then the weekend after Labor Day, we're all going to be in Cincinnati for the inaugural Kroger Queen City Championship uh, near and dear to my heart. So the real Queen uh, City. Exactly. Would encourage uh, would encourage people to get out and, and watch the lays. It's always a great time. And programming note for next week uh, due to Labor Day, we will be recording and publishing Monday night, not Sunday night next week after Live Boston. So here we go. Uh, Live Boston preview, of course, will be out uh, later this week as well. Uh, six <laughs> or seven hours on that. So thank you, as always, to everyone for tuning in. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next oh. week. Oh, and what? Uh, yeah, I forgot. The <laughs> the mystery seventh person to live, it's I'll me, see guys. You so you'll, you'll find out <laughs> see tomorrow. You yeah. Join full team. Sally, good luck in your draft. Take care. Good night. Cheers. Good
right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 